from the drug support charity Iceni says the needs of the prostitutes shouldn't be ignored. I think towns and cities across the UK that, that experience um, issues with street prostitution won't do anything until something devastating happens, and it will. In the last 20 years, I think it's 130-odd women have been murdered on the streets. And it is sad that the authorities, police and others won't get their acts together and start looking at it. A private military funeral will be held today for Fusilier Lee Rigby, who was hacked to death outside Woolwich Military Barracks in south-east London in May. During the night, soldiers kept a guard of honour over his coffin at Berry Parish Church in Greater Manchester. The service will be relayed on loudspeakers so it can be heard by members of the public. Many NHS hospitals in England and Wales are still failing to carry out vital checks on patients with dementia, according to a new report. The National Audit of Dementia says mental assessments rates are alarmingly low. Here's our health correspondent, Adam Brimelow. One in four patients staying in hospital has dementia and the figure's rising. Improving dementia care is a high priority for the NHS. But this audit, taking in data from more than 200 hospitals and nearly 8,000 patients with dementia, suggests many places are falling short. Fewer than half the patients were checked for signs of delirium, such as confusion or agitation. Half weren't assessed for the severity of their dementia. But the audit found their overall care had improved on the previous year, including a 10% drop in use of antipsychotic drugs, often referred to as the chemical kosh. More than half a million pounds is being spent improving Oxy Park in Watford. Work to resurface all its footpaths is underway, including new fencing, seats and trees. And a new formal entrance is also being built at the lower high street end of the park. In sport, England will resume this morning on day three of the first Ashes test with a 15-run lead with eight second inning wickets remaining. The Australians finished their second innings with a lead of 65, thanks largely to Ashton Agar, who scored a record 98 runs for a number 11 in a test cricket. Uh, the weather, very, very warm and sunny once the early morning cloud breaks. Top temperature today, 25 degrees Celsius. That's 77 Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Catherine, Catherine Boyle, before yes. we start the show, mm-hmm. would you like to hear political reporter Paul Scoynes giggling like a girl as he looks at a picture of a dog? Always. Shall we? Yeah. Picture. <laughs> There's a picture of a dog. Fun, isn't it? Dogs are hilarious. They are funny. Morning, dear listener. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots coming up in the show. I always say it. I don't always mean it. I mean it today. Some sad news. We've lost a member of our team. Not not dead or anything. Don't worry. It's not that sad. But a member of our team, very important uh, member of our team, has stepped down. I'll be revealing all... In a little bit. But we've got some good things happening as well as tears and sadness. No tears, no sadness. Come on, let's grow up. Four of our towns in the three counties have been shortlisted for an award that none of them want. The UK's number one crap town. Well, are Milton Keynes, Bedford, High Wycombe and Luton really that bad? New research has come out which identifies the issues most likely to cause tension between neighbours. Parking, blocking access to property, these cause the most problems, followed by noise, boundaries and building work. Well, lots of people have problems with their neighbours, but how do you tackle annoying neighbours? And the front page of The Sun, a milkman has been banned from whistling. Outrageous. Some people don't like it. Remember the other day I was staring, I told you I was um, staring at Simon Pegg's buttocks. Do you remember that? Well, while I was staring at his buttocks, he was telling me how much he hated whistling. These things all kind of link up. 
Would you ban whistling? And also, this Sunday, I plan to teach my three-year-old boy how to whistle. Any tip? How do you how do you teach someone to whistle? Put your lips together and blow. Turns out, three and a half year old can't understand that. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or you can give me a call. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's going to take five years to stop street prostitution in Luton. That's according to a special board of authorities in the town. A new strategy to clear up the high town area began this week. We talked about it on yesterday's show. And a local dispersal order and a zero-tolerance approach to curb crawling begins on Monday. Well, this was announced at a special meeting in high town last night. Our political reporter, Paul Scoynes, was there. So th- th- this uh, procedure, this plan, Operation Turtle, started mm. a couple of days ago. Mm. What was the meeting about last night specifically and then what was the mood like okay well it was to really just inform the residents of what what was happening what yep. was going to be the new plan and they then revealed this five-year strategy of ridding luton of street prostitution by 2018 uh, they say it's the first dedicated action plan that they've had as a sort of multi-agency approach that that phrase was used a lot so all of these agencies the police the council sort of health authorities drug authorities you know various other groups charity groups all working together to try and use this sort of varied approach to not just arrest lots of people curb crawling but also try and get the uh, women sort of uh, onto an even keel if you like to try and get them so out not, of so not just to, 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 to chuck everyone in prison it's to mm. kind of uh, a, a longer term plan to help these people who are in dire situations and are resorting to prostitution. Yeah, what the police said is that they're taking a very much a, a zero-tolerance approach on the curb crawling. If you go curb crawling in, in that sort of area of Luton and, for, you know, they've said they're going to widen it out to the whole of the town, you will be arrested. Right. Um, uh, what they did was interesting, because, you know, we've spoken on the programme many times about uh, the residents' attitude to prostitutes. Yep. Um, and a lot of them feel that they're as much a part of the problem in terms of the criminality mm-hmm. as, uh, as as the men and it was interesting that they gave some figures for the number of people arrested now there have been 135 curb call arrest, uh, arrested since January 99 of them are from Luton so they say it is a local problem uh, three men have been caught more than once, they also said that 16 women have been arrested and not just uh, for prostitution but for loitering, drink driving, theft and drugs as well um, and and that they say shows that they, they you know they are taking a, a proactive approach to dealing with the women as well. But you can't go into prison for prostitution, so you can only get a you know you can get a caution and so on. But you can't. You, the only imprisonment um, that you can receive is not paying a fine. Right. So what the police were trying to say yesterday was don't don't make the main focus of your sort of anger why we're not locking up prostitutes because we just can't do that what is life like for people living in high town well it, we, we got a varied picture last night we've got a uh, i think there was a, a real sense of a frustrated um population the community really uh, at the sort of end of their tether they're feeling very much like they've got nowhere else to turn to wendy walker who's a high town resident she told me about life on a daily basis 
Well, it's hell on earth. I mean, I, I moved into my flat five years ago and, um, you know, I had prostitutes having sex outside on the grass. I had prostitutes sitting opposite on the doctor's wall with no underwear on. We've had them having sex on car bonnets. People have opened their front doors and prostitutes have actually fell in. Um, I mean, it's a whole litany and a whole catalogue of things that animals in a zoo wouldn't even do. Yes, my, my, I opened my front door once and a prostitute fell in, Your Honour. Uh, the residents have been asking for answers. Did they get any? Well, I think they did to an extent. I think that they felt that there was something at last being done. Uh, I think they welcomed the police's uh, increased presence in Hightown. Uh, what police uh, detective superintendent Mark Turner, who was there on behalf of the force, was saying is that they're stepping up their uh, their, their sort of walk arounds. They're stepping up their presence in the month of July that will inevitably tail off um, and they accepted that but they said that the multi-agency approach meant that it, it wasn't going to leave Hightown high and drown. He said that the authorities were listening. You know, the local authorities and the police are always going to listen, to listen to the communities and you could tell by the passion tonight and the turnout tonight how much of an effect it's had on their lives. Some people were using the terms it's blighted their lives and you, you simply can't turn a blind eye to that. So yes, we have listened. The police and the council are committed by way of a five-year strategy. That's signed up. We all understand our roles in that, and that's what we're going to try and deliver. Um, Suffolk, where, where mm. Steve Wright uh, murdered five sex workers in 2006, that had a zero-tolerance approach, didn't it? Yeah, that's right, and that's something that the residents have been calling for. It looks like they're getting it in terms of certainly the way that the uh, the police are going to deal with, with the men. Um, they, they say that The police say that it's absolutely vital that the community sign up to this as a, as a group to try and help support them as well because what they're worried about is, is the community just sitting back and not reporting anything that they see going on or not, uh, not taking an active role in the way this works. But absolutely, the way that uh, Suffolk dealt with this was to really pour in resources in a very short space of time to deal with the problem. They actually managed to deal with their problem in about two years as well and that's what Luton are saying that they would hope to try and do too. Although they've set this five year sort of limit on it if you like they want it to be done and dealt with much sooner brian tobin however who's a co-founder and director of ipswich's drug support group the iceni project he said the local authorities only act once something terrible has happened and it's always the case isn't it that something tragic has to happen before things are done and i i, I still feel this now in the uk i think towns and cities across the uk that, that experience um, issues with street prostitution won't do anything until something devastating happens and it will and it is sad that the authorities police and others won't get their acts together and start looking at it but if you truly want to eliminate street prostitution looting for example it can be done but you've got to be in it for the long haul there's no short-term fix to this And I live in the back of the Greta Garbo home With friends I will remember Wherever I may roam And my name's Jack Friends. 
his hands on his head Cause he thinks he's heard the bomb And here comes Superman Who really puts it on It's lots of fun And I love to run Up and down the stairs I make as much noise as I want And no one ever cares And my name's Jack And I live in the back Of the Greta Garbo Wolf away with boys and girls they deserve. No, I don't think they do. I might treat myself to some Manfred Mann later on, or I might not. It's a whistling special. There was whistling in that song. Should Milkman be banned from whistling? And how on earth? I've got a three and a half year old boy who is heartbroken that he can't whistle. He was heartbroken when I told him, oh, 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 that doesn't count as whistling. Look, Daddy, I can whistle. Oh, oh, oh. That's not whistling. Tears. Insensitive parenting, but sometimes cruel to be kind. Chinese tiger mother, that's what I am. But I need to learn how to teach a three-and-a-half-year-old boy how to whistle. It's not easy to describe. 08459 555 Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, a fair bit of disruption on the trains already today if you're making a journey toward London. Virgin and London Midland are running with delays of up to 15 minutes between Watford Junction and Euston because of a signalling problem at Euston. It's also causing issues for the London Overground, which is suspended between Euston and Kilburn High Road and running with severe delays between Wilsdon Junction and Clapham Junction. So if you're making a connection with the Overground, that's not looking great, all because of this signal failure at Euston Station. Now, if you're travelling into London on the Northern Line Tube, service via Bank has been suspended southbound Camden Town through to Kennington because of emergency engineering works at Moorgate. Roads, thankfully, are much quieter so far today. No delays yet around Dunstable. Of course, we have got the closure of Pointers Road. It's going to be shut off till mid-September for major reconstruction works between the A505 and Ports Avenue past the Woodside Industrial Estate. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. 6.16, it's Friday the 12th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Mayor of Bedford is demanding answers from the town's hospital over the removal of junior doctors from its paediatric unit. 
An Ipswich charity is warning that needs of Luton's prostitutes shouldn't be ignored by the police uh, in the police and council's efforts to tackle the problem in Hightown. In sport, <laughs> if anyone was listening to the show yesterday, you'll know this next sentence means nothing to me. England have a lead of 15 runs with eight wickets remaining going into the third day of the first Ashes Test at Trent Bridge. The weather today for beds, hearts and bucks. Very warm and sunny once the early morning cloud breaks. Top temperature is 25 degrees. Coming up, we've lost a valuable member of our team here at uh, the Ian Lee Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. We shall tell you who and why. Well, very, very soon. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Original British drama on BBC One. How much do you actually know about John Luther? Well, you've never been tempted to administer a bit of personal justice. There's no telling where this is going to end. You come for me, I'm fine with that. But you need to keep away from Mary. She's off limits. I warned you not to make me your enemy. I warned you! Luther continues next Tuesday night at 9 on BBC One and BBC One HD.
BBC Three Counties Radio. Whistling, neighbours, crap towns. In many ways, they're all connected, aren't they? In many ways, they're all connected. Now, do you get on with your neighbours? Are they the friendly type of people that you can trust to feed the cat while you're away? Or are they a nightmare, making your life a complete misery? New research has come out which identifies the issues most likely to cause tension between neighbours. Parking, blocking access to property or driveways, noise, disputes over boundaries and building work cause the biggest problems. And for some people, these disagreements can turn nasty. Have a listen. This is Sarah. We've changed her name and her voice to protect her against the threat of reprisal. This is her talking about her neighbours. Shortly after I moved in, probably within about two or three months, something like that, um, suddenly confronted one morning. As with most places, there's lots of parking issues. And I think that's generally what it comes down to. Um, and I didn't think didn't think there'd be anything further from that at all, really. Um, and just um, took that as a one-off. Um, but I did report it to the police for fear of other reprisals, thinking there perhaps wouldn't be. But at least if it was logged, then um, if there was other issues, other people had had issues, then at least it gets a picture going. Because a lot of people are too scared sometimes to say anything. But on over a sort of six month period, you know, um, bags of dog mess left um, on my drive. Well, Sarah has since moved away from the situation, uh, but doesn't sound fun, does it? Not pleasant. Jason from Milton Keynes has had problems in the past until he confronted his neighbours about it. Morning, Jason. Good morning, and how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. What happened to you? Um, okay, uh, well, first of all, I used to live in Hemel Hempstead uh, with a previous partner, and. Um, I used to work shifts, like a six till two, two till ten. Um, <clears throat> we lived in a, a bottom floor flat, and obviously we had people living above us. They used to be an absolute nightmare, arguing, shouting, effing and blinding, uh, dogs barking, sound like they were dropping, I don't know, like marbles on the floor, and it was a nightmare. Um, and, you know, we used to, have, we used to go up there and uh, try to talk to them, but they just weren't reasonable. Reported them to the council, uh, but nothing got sorted. Um, eventually... <clears throat> Uh, the employment I was with at the time, um, they, uh, they they were based in Luton, but they relocated to MK, and I had the opportunity of moving up here with them, which I did. Um, me and my partner, we split up. But anyway, I moved to Milton Keynes. I got a nice flat in a nice area. Yeah. But then, but then, unfortunately, I started having problems with neighbours up here as well. Um, Is it you? Maybe it's your. Maybe it's you, J- uh, Jason. <laughs> Perhaps you're the bad neighbour. What were you, what was happening in Milton Keynes? What was the situation there? Yeah, well, I live in a flat, um, no one lives above me, I've got a neighbour just living underneath me, no one lives underneath him, so it's just me and him. It was music, really loud, it was, I could hear him shouting, uh, racist comments were being shouted out, slamming of the doors, uh, this was going on all through the night. Um, it was a nightmare, Ian, to be honest with you. Um, I used to work nights around London doing deliveries, so I needed sleep in the day. I appreciate people are going to be noisy in the daytime. Um... He was aware of this as well, and but still no uh, consideration for me. How did this affect uh, you, Jason? How did it make you feel? I was stressed then. I was tired because um, I couldn't get no sleep. I was stressed. I was on edge all the time. I thought I've just about had enough of this. And, um, you know, I had to go and make a complaint to my housing association uh, about the neighbour. And uh, they eventually, they called him in for a, for a meeting. Not myself, but they called him in. Uh, they, they told me they were going to do this by letter. Um... <clears throat> And then, uh, basically, he, he put a note through my door saying, oh, you know, 
blah, blah, why do you have to go and do this? And uh, I don't do letters and all this. So I thought, right, okay, I'll go down and knock on your door and uh, we'll, we'll get it sorted out. So you, you hadn't spoke to him before uh, and uh, the council got in touch with him, he went in and then you decided you're going to go and have a chat with him? I did, Ian, yeah. Yeah, because, okay. Um, you know, I thought, well, I want to get this sorted out. I mean, I'm, I'm probably one of the nicest neighbours you could have, Ian. I'm, I'm respectable. Yeah. If, I, if I park my car at night, if I've been out, I'll park my car. Because my car lights were shining to his bedroom, I always turn my, my main beams off, you know? Mm. Things like that. So they don't. So you, you know. went and knocked on his door, and I, I, there will be some people saying, well, why didn't you do it, do it earlier? I imagine it's quite intimidating to go and knock on a neighbour's door and flag up a problem. What happened when you did go and see him? Well, at first he was a little bit annoyed that I, I made a complaint, but we sat down and I and um, I said to him, you know, are you aware that you know you're causing a lot of problems and, it, and it, it's stressful for me living above you? And uh, you know, I said, and the slamming of the door. And then he said, well, my door just keeps sticking, so I have to slam it when I go out. I said, okay, fair enough. And uh, luckily, and we managed to have a nice chat, a nice, a nice conversation. We, we we did actually get things sorted out. Things have um, things have calmed down a lot now. Um, but just just one other thing, I've got neighbours who live next to me, but their kitchen is next to my bedroom, so unfortunately they're always in their kitchen, no matter what time of day or night, and that can be quite annoying. I mean, whoever's designed these flats uh, wasn't very clever putting a kitchen next to a bedroom, really, you know? But uh, to cut a long story short, and yeah, things have calmed down a lot, but as I say, it has been stressful in the past, and uh, if anybody out there is having problems with their neighbours... yeah, just try and have a chat with them. Um, it's not it's not all that bad at the end of the day, you know. You can get things sorted. Some neighbours, though, and it sounds like this fella was 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 pretty reasonable. And, and once he calmed down, you know, the, the, it, it's good that you could sort things out. But some neighbours. They're horrible, aren't they, Jason? And if you knock on the door and say, I'm really sorry, but I just think that, you know, playing your music at half past 11 at night and, and, and talking really loudly in the garden, it's a little bit out of order. Get stuffed! Go on! Oi! Up it! Get out of it! You get a bit of that sometimes, don't you? you do, Ian, but, you know, the world we live in these days, mate, you know, there's a lot of violence, there's, well, you know, in knives and silly things like that, you know, is it, is it worth risking your life over it? I mean, some people, uh, you know, I, I can prove that it can be quite intimidating, some people don't know what to do, but, uh, uh, I don't know. It worked for you going to have a chat. Jason, we, we have to end it there. Thank you very much, I appreciate that. Jason's had a, a run of bad luck. My neighbours, for the most part, have been pretty good. Good, pretty good, except for the people that used to live below me about ten years ago. Oh my word! They tried to rip me off out of about five grand. That's when we fell out. I, long story short, I owned the freehold to the property. They wanted to extend their leasehold, and they said, "Leave it to us because it's going to be a lot of hassle. We'll sort it out. We'll get it valued. We'll sort it all out. Don't worry." Got my got a solicitor. And it dragged on for ages, and they kept saying, look, your solicitor's really taking a long time. I suggest you get another solicitor. Eventually I did. The second solicitor went, they're completely trying to rip you off with the amount of money that they, they're offering you. It's worth about ten grand. They've offered you five grand. So we went in, and we, we said, well, we want some more money, please. Oh, it kicked off. Oh, it kicked off. It got very, very nasty. It got litigious. We won in the end, thank you very much, but it got litigious. But I haven't had those kind of nasty, sweary neighbours who are always chucking dog mess over the wall and revving their cars at four o'clock in the morning. I've not had that. Uh, Up for your stories this morning of bad neighbours. 08459 455 555. Did you do what Jason did and you went and knocked on their door and and, and sorted it out? Did it calm things down or did did it get even worse? Bad neighbours this morning. What have you had and how did you deal with it? 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, hards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Quite a bit of disruption on the trains this morning. Chilton running with disruption between Leamington Spa and Birmingham Moor Street and Stratford-upon-Avon. It's because of a broken down train between Leamington Spa and Hatton in Warwickshire. So that's causing delays of up to 40 minutes and some cancellations along their services. It's affecting London Midland and cross-country in that area as well. Virgin Trains and London Midland have 15-minute delays to and from London Euston between there and Watford Junction because of a signalling problem at Euston. That's probably going to be ongoing for another hour at least. And it's causing severe delays for the London Overground if you're trying to travel into London and make a connection. It's affecting them on several of their routes, including between Euston and Watford Junction. If you're commuting toward London and making a connection with the Northern Line Tube, service via Bank has been suspended southbound between Camden Town and Kennington because of emergency engineering works at Moorgate. Roads so far today are looking reasonably quiet. No delays or disruption on the M25, even through the roadworks. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. 6.30, News and Sport now with Catherine Boyle. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties. Radio. Good morning, the headlines. The Mayor of Bedford is demanding answers from the town's hospital over the removal of junior doctors from its paediatric unit. An Ipswich charity is warning that the needs of Luton's prostitutes should not be ignored in the police and council's efforts to tackle the problem in Hightown. And many NHS hospitals in England and Wales are still failing to carry out vital checks on patients with dementia, according to a new report. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Ashton Agar's 98, a record score for a number 11 in Test cricket, has given Australia hope of winning the first Ashes Test against England at Trent Bridge. The tourists had looked set to record a low first innings total before Agar and Philip Hughes, who finished on 81 not out, put on 163 for the final wicket. England ended the day 15 runs in front with an eight, sec- with eight second innings wickets remaining. And bowler Jimmy Anderson admits they didn't bowl well enough at the 19-year-old debutant. We're all for technology because it... Since it's come in, um, more decisions are given out correctly than are wrongly. So from our point of view, we want it. Whatever's gone on today, obviously, is a couple of talking points. But on the whole, we're happy to have it. In football, England's women play their first match at the European Championship tonight in Sweden when they take on Spain. Aylesbury's Ellen White and Watford's Kelly Smith could be involved. Luton Town return from their pre-season training camp in Portugal today. The Hatters play their first pre-season game tomorrow at Boreham Wood. And the head of World Cycling's governing body, Pat McQuaid, has told the BBC it was a mistake to accept a donation from Lance Armstrong. The UCI received $125,000 from the American in 2002, but said in 2010 that it was not part of a cover-up into drug use in the sport. On reflection, it would have been better had we not taken that money. But having said that, when we took it, we announced publicly with a press statement that the money was being given and we announced publicly what the money was being used for. So it was done with the best interests, you know, not, not under any, uh, you know, underhand, in any underhand way. And that's your latest news and sports. I'll be back with more at seven o'clock. I'm on performance enhancing drugs right now. I might ask for my money back. Eh? So, Catherine, I was going to ask you about um, uh, 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 if you've ever had irritating bad neighbours. Yeah. Then it dawned on me that you are probably the irritating bad neighbour, aren't I'm, you? I'm not at all, no. Really? Go on, continue with your with your uh, hypothesis. Well, no, just, just, you know, you, you're, you're loud, you're noisy, northern. Um, <laughs> and some people could find that, could take offence at that. Detached house? Job done. When I lived in the flat, yes, it was awful. But that was the neighbours, that wasn't me. Okay, Catherine Boyle, thank you very much. Oh, wait, 459 455 555. Bedford, Milton Keynes, High Wycombe, and Luton. Are they really that bad? You are fine and drinking on the table. 
That microphone, that's the one we want, isn't it? You see, there's me just whittering away to myself. You couldn't hear a word I was saying, but you probably heard the production team in the studio next door bad-mouthing me. Oh, you see, that's what happens. That's what happens. Four of our towns in the three counties have been shortlisted for an award that none of them want. It's the last time I'm going to say this word, because I don't particularly like this word, and they've got young ears. The UK's number one crap town. There we go. We won't use that anymore. So, in the running, we have Milton Keynes, Bedford, High Wycombe and Luton. Well, if you live in those places... Do you want to defend them? 08459 455 555. Tell us what's so good. Or maybe, or maybe, or maybe you agree that they are not very nice places. The book's publishers are looking to whittle the list, currently 100 strong, down to a final 50, and asking for people to stand up for their towns. Well, Justin Dealey knows a thing or two about rubbish things. Justin! Yes, hello, Ian. Good morning, good Justin. Morning. Good well? morning. I'm very well because you have finally, finally, finally given me that lovely green shirt I was eyeing up a couple of weeks mm, ago. You are going to sparkle this weekend, bad boy. It might be, that's, yes, it might be a little bit too tight on my shoulders. <laughs> so could you get me a bigger one? Uh, yes, I can. Do you mind? All of my shirts are pretty tight, though, to be fair. That's probably the baggiest <laughs> shirt that I've got. <laughs> now, you've been looking into this. Uh, the, yeah. the rubbish towns, Milton Keynes, Bedford, High Wycombe and Luton. Fair? Mm, seems a bit harsh to me. And of course, back in 2004, Luton was named as the UK's number one crap town, which is not a great title to have. And no. What I find it's, not, it's not a brilliant title. No. You're right there, Justin. Yes, well done. <laughs> it's not at all. I mean, in terms of Luton, where I am this morning, you've got to think about the town. Uh, the culture's great here. The football team's great. BBC Three Counties Radio's great. The airport's great. Luton Who. So many great things about Luton, but 
but some people, of course, just cannot back it up. What's interesting about this, that this particular edition is, as you mentioned, 100 towns on that list. People need to defend their town to stop it ending up in the shortlist of 50. So I'm here in the town this morning. I spoke to Jane a moment ago. Jane lives in Luton. I said to her, can you defend your town? This is what happened. <laughs> Sorry, I really can't. Just can't. Oh. Sorry. Nothing good about losing us all. Um, it's different cultures, I suppose, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah. Um, they do the carnival every year, which is quite interesting as well. But as for, it's mainly the buildings, the rubbish, um, the buses. <laughs> Well, at least you're being honest. Thank you very much indeed for your time. Thank you. It's not great, is wow. it? Wow, she was person. struggling. She was really struggling. Mm, and so she lives in Luton. She lives in Luton, lives here for, what, 15 <clears> years or so. So um, the people that are coming forward with this book, if they're looking for people to defend Luton, and, of course, that was the first person I spoke to. I'm sure we're going to find lots between yep. now and nine who will defend it. But, but certainly the first person I spoke to simply couldn't defend it, was laughing about the town where they live, because in their opinion, it's that bad. I'd be interested to see who does defend it. Uh, On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR, well, there's lots of people trying to defend Milton Keynes, but then there are people attacking these places as well, Justin. Of course. Is Luton, let's speak frankly and honestly, Hmm. is Luton getting a bad rap, or is this a sign that Luton is struggling a bit and it needs to pull its uh, socks up? Quite possibly. I mean, if if you look at the last year or so working with you on this programme, we've often done stories in Luton, whenever I've been out speaking to people, and again, you can call it a small minority, you can call it what you want, but certainly the people that I speak to say Luton is not the town that it used to be. It's as simple as that. A number of people that I speak to say, enough is enough, I want to leave this town. However, I'm sure there's people, again, listening right now who are going to phone your show and say, I've lived in Luton all of my life, it's a fabulous town, it was named the UK's number one crap town in 2004, that was harsh, and I'm going to defend my town to make sure that doesn't happen again. Justin Dealey, thank you very much indeed. Well, if you want to pick up that mantle and defend your town, 08459 455 505. Milton Keynes is also on the list. We asked some people what they thought about Milton Keynes. This is what they had to say. It's very unfair. <laughs> Milton Keynes is one of the nicest places to live. It's very green, very versatile. It's lots to do. It's great for young families, great opportunities for work. So, no, I think it's very unfair. They probably don't like the roundabouts, but then they don't understand them <laughs> and the grid system. But I, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's probably people that haven't actually visited Milton Keynes and seen it at its best. I think that's completely unfair. I'm a massive evangelist for Milton Keynes. I always tell people how good it is. And we've got a lot to offer in terms of our park and our canals and the redway system I think it's brilliant I've not been to the other places so I can't comment on them but I'd be amazed if there aren't you know 101 other worse places than Milton Keynes to live in I think Milton Keynes is a, an easy punchline to a lot of jokes but I think I think if you spend a lot of time here it certainly uh, would win you over I wouldn't say it's the worst I definitely wouldn't say that I would say Bedford is slightly better but I think it's not as bad as people like think it is I think it's still fairly safe I think there's a lot of opportunities here and I don't think there's as much crime as, definitely not as much crime as Luton, that's for sure. Well, joined now by Lee Scriven, who wrote a history of Milton Keynes. Good morning, Lee. Yeah, good morning. Uh, why should Milton Keynes not be on the list of bad towns? Um, I think it's different. I think when things are different, people uh, tend to be negative. I think it's very different from Bedford, very different from Luton, and uh, very different from any other sort of major town. 
in the country. I mean, I know that from my work, you know, from, well, previously being a musician and then having the privilege to sort of uh, work in the football industry. I do travel, you know, up and down the country and, you know, so I've been lucky enough to go to most towns in the country and, um, Trust me, yeah. I don't think it's uh, one of the worst. You know, For those who don't know Milton Keynesley, what, what's so good about it? Um, well, I think in most major towns you're probably never, what, 500 yards from a chip shop or a pub. But I think in Milton Keynes you're never more than 500 yards from a park or you know, something recreation-wise. And it's, it's still, I think, the ultimate place to bring up a family. And I think when you get older, that's what, that's what matters. The schools are very good. Milton Keynes is the ultimate place to bring up a family. I think so. Yeah. Why is that? Um, well, I just think it's a great place to bring up a family. You know, it's like, it, the culture-wise, it's lacking, but the schools are the schools are really fantastic. Most of the houses were built in the seventies to sort. I think it was the Parker Morris standard. Even the sort of some of the houses that come under major criticism, they're very large. You know, inside and very spacious. You've got your car parking on on your drive. Um, the side schools are very good. It's a very safe environment. It does have some problems. Someone mentioned the, the, the redways, the cycle paths. They're a bit... Well, they need a lot of work, don't they, to put it politely? No, I don't think so. I don't think people... I think people making them criticisms actually don't use them. I do. Um, we, I, we always I, get I, cyclists I phoning up saying they're not very good. I can use redways. I can get to work in, what, 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, and do about five mile on a redway, and... No, you know, so I'll be honest, the redways are in a lot better state than the roads. So you think Milton Keynes shouldn't be on the list? What about Bedford, High Wycombe uh, and Luton? No, Do you think... Shouldn't. I wouldn't say shouldn't. Oh. So culture-wise, oh. it's really lacking. It's a bit of a soulless city, and you can, uh-huh. get, you can get lost. You know, the big estates and the, you know, the great traffic system, as in dual carriageways and roundabouts, um, can leave itself. You can end up being quite isolated in Milton Keynes. You know, it's um, it's not got that hustle bustle of a major town or major city, say after work, where people socialise and yep. go to bars and cafe. They've tried, but it, it's it's just not part of the the master plan. Really, it just hasn't worked. And as a result, I think if you moved here on your own, or if you moved here as a young married couple, and you moved away from a, another major town, you would you'd really miss that side of things, and you could be very lonely. So, Lee, uh, sorry. In, in conclusion, are you saying that that perhaps? It should be on the top list of of Britain's I can worst towns. Why it is, but I think they need to look at the you know, the main reasons why. It sounds like what you want from a town. If you want hustle bustle and you know high culture, going to theatres, going to you know going to watch music, but music events and bands and having bars, then it's not that kind of place. If you want somewhere to settle down and bring up a young family, I think you'd struggle to find anywhere better. Lee Scriven, thank you very much indeed. Well, it's over to you now, dear listener. Milton Keynes, Bedford, High Wycombe, Luton. They're in the uh, running to be in the top 50 of Britain's worst towns. Can you defend them or do you agree with them? 08459 455555 81333. Start your text 3CR. Put your name on, please. Let's get the travel with Adam. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A120 westbound just across into Essex near Stansted Mount Fitchett. We have reports of delays. Apparently a broken down car which has lost its tyre about two miles before Stansted. So that could affect you this morning. 
Things on the roads generally are looking very quiet across the three counties. Speed centres are not picking up problems on any of the motorways yet today and it's looking clear on all of the major A roads as well. Trains though, Chilton, Disruption, Banbury to Birmingham, Moore Street and Leamington Spa to Stratford-upon-Avon because of a broken down train between Leamington Spa and Hatton. It means 40 minute delays and some cancellations can be expected including on services to and from London's Marylebone. No estimate for when normal service will resume through there. Good news though for London Midland and Virgin. They're back to normal now into and out of use after a signalling problem earlier. However, still severe delays for the London Overground between Euston and Watford Junction. If you're commuting toward London and catching the Tube, the Northern Line service by Bank suspended southbound between Camden Town and Kennington. It's because of emergency engineering works at Moorgate and minor delays to the whole of the Bakerloo Line because of a signal failure at Waterloo. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, thank you very much indeed. Right, 6.46, it's Friday the 12th of July. I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Mayor of Bedford is demanding answers from the town's hospital over the removal of junior doctors from its paediatric unit. An Ipswich charity is warning that needs of Luton's prostitutes shouldn't be ignored in the police and council's efforts to tackle the problem in Hightown. In sport, England have a lead of 15 runs with eight wickets remaining going into the third day of the first Ashes test at Trent Bridge. Coming up, we'll be uh, talking... Well, it's, we've got some sad news. I can't, I can't beat around the bush. There's sad news. We'll tell you what it is after the weather with Elizabeth Rossini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. Well, it's all good news on the weather front, if you like the uh, the heat, that is, because we could be looking at the possibly the warmest day of the year so far tomorrow, with temperatures up to 30, even 31 degrees Celsius, perhaps somewhere across the three counties. For today, it's not going to be quite as warm, but still there'll be lots of sunshine around. The sun's already out across parts of Buckinghamshire. It's still rather cloudy across beds and hearts at the moment, but I uh, expect the clouds to be burnt back by the sunshine to leave us with... Um, well, a sunny end to the morning, certainly, and certainly lots of sunshine around through the afternoon as well. Just a light northeasterly breeze and top temperatures today up to 24, even 25 degrees Celsius in Bletchley, in Bedford, in Stevenage and Harlow as well. It's going to be a gorgeous day once more. Now, tonight is going to feel quite close and muggy. It's quite possible that temperatures in the towns won't drop below 15 or 16 degrees tonight, so it's going to feel really quite muggy into tomorrow morning. Um, sleep in the fridge, I think that's the best bet. But for tomorrow, uh, lots of by the way, don't sleep in a fridge, kids. That's a ridi- oh, right. ridiculous advice, Rosini. For goodness sakes. Well, someone on one of the other stations said sleep with a fan, but I said I'm not sleeping with fans. But um, bumps. <laughs> you're in a naughty mood today. I am. I yeah. like it. Continue. Okay, I'll tell you about tomorrow then. Okay, so the um, the downside is tomorrow that there's going to be high levels of humidity, very high levels of pollen and UV, and also we may just catch one or two thunderstorms around as well. They'll be quite isolated, but if you're an unlucky person, then I would head out with an umbrella because you never know um, you might get caught underneath one of these but for the most part it's looking dry lots of sunshine around a touch cooler on Sunday that's the forecast thank you Elizabeth shrink wrapped every Sunday from midday how hard has it been for you if you have a mental health problem shrink wrapped I explained it to myself by uh, the belief that I had implants in my eyes and in my ears that through which people would beam me in from from the military information into my head it's a friendly approachable natural but honest look at mental health and disability shrink wrapped every sunday from midday on bbc three counties radio 
08459 455 555 is the telephone number. If you want to give me a call, then please do. Can you defend your town? Or maybe you agree that Bedford, Luton, Milton Keynes, High Wycombe, they are. A little bit ropey. They deserve to be in the top list of... Uh, of rubbish towns. Also, 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 it's a whistling special. The front page of the Sun. Meltman's been banned from whistling. Well, I, I kind of quite like a bit of whistling. Do, do you enjoy a bit of whistling? Give us a call if you can. And also, I need to teach my three and a half year old boy how to do it. Whistle. And I don't know how to. It's really hard teaching someone to whistle. It's almost impossible. I've tried and I can't. So, if you've got, how would you describe how to whistle to a child? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Front page of the Daily Telegraph. Jessica Fitch and Bertie Bear. Who they? They with the Queen. Don't know why I'm talking like that. They met the Queen yesterday and got her to pose with a picture. The Queen looks thoroughly delighted. Uh, Osborne, I won't raise taxes if we win election. Chancellor says books can be balanced with more cuts in spending and welfare. Carry on chiming, Mr Whippy is told. Ice cream van drivers have won a victory in their battle for survival after being told they can play their chimes for longer. Some very naughty parents out there, um, some very, very naughty parents out there, used to tell their uh, um, children that the ice cream van jingle meant that the ice cream van had run out of ice cream. Isn't that naughty? Isn't that naughty? I've just been informed we can phone our next guest. He's ready. Yes, yes. That's how it's working, is it? The Guardian. Microsoft gave NSA access to users' messages. Exclusive. Secret files show software giant allowed US intelligence agencies to circumvent encryption. Oh, and fraud. Oh, G4S. What have you done now? Let's have a look. Fraud office called in after G4S overcharges for tagging. The serious fraud office has been called in by the Justice Secretary to investigate the private security company G4S for overcharging tens of millions of pounds on electronic tagging uh, contracts for offenders. How naughty. How naughty. Uh, The Times. No more tax rises. Osborne pledges. Some men are playing cricket. And alarm over Iran's new underground complex. The Independent. G4S and Serco face £50 million fraud inquiry. And there's some pictures of some people looking up in the air. We'll do the rest of the papers a little bit later on now. Normally at this point in the show, I would... Uh, well, it'd be, it's the highlight of the week for me. The highlight of the week for me, because I will be going straight to Nanny Eileen. We've lost Nanny Eileen. Not like that! She's alive! She's just, she's just handed in her notice. Now, I don't know... Are you all right? Hello? Hello? Yeah, can you just keep quiet? Oh, sorry. I'm, do- I'm allowed to move around. Well, no, I'm, I'm doing a piece, and your, your heavy footsteps, uh, your shuffling is, is disturbing. Oh, I'm beginning to see one nanny island through in the well, town. Well, listen, the thing is, I was hoping she'd come on for one more, and we could do a big farewell. She said, no, I don't fancy it. Oh. And, and I, the only, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm racking my brains. Bar- Barry from Watford, by the way. I'm racking my brains to think, what did we do differently last week kind, yeah. that might have upset her and might have might have wanted her to quit? Have you got any ideas, Barry? I'm um, thinking back now. Yeah, you can't uh, think of anything that we did differently? Not, not really. No. Well, uh, well then, then it hit me. Well... We had you on last week. You were the thing we did differently. How dare you? You probably upset Nanny Eileen. How dare you? Sorry? How dare you? I thought that's what you said. 
<laughs> well, you can't hold me responsible for that sort of thing. I thought we had a lot of very witty, bad in ours. Not on air, we didn't. Did you have a conversation off air? No, fair enough. It yes. was fairly poor, wasn't it? So, listen, we've got you in at short notice for one week only, and do not plug your show tonight. Uh, well, I'm doing a show tonight at Watford Palace, if anyone's interested. They're they're I forgot all about that. Quick. They're not. Get a phone up. No. Buy a ticket. No, they're not interested. Are you whispering because Margaret's asleep? No, it's because I've literally just woken up. The whole <laughs> thing's taken me by surprise. Despite this being arranged yesterday. So, yes, yes <laughs> I know. So, listen, you, for one week only, you are judging our BBC introducing track. Well, steady on. If this is success today, can I do it again next week? One, it won't be, but two, even um, if it is, no. This week's... Friends, no, no, not at all. Pals, no, you're, you're literally a stopgap. Witty. This week's song is from... on Radio 2. It's called From Grace. Uh, from it's, Grace? It's um, by the singer-songwriter Owen Stephen, who's from Hitchin. Would you like to have a listen? I would. Owen Hitchin from Stevenage. Here we go. With... Oh, dear, this is... Uh... Awkward. Come back, Nanny Eileen, I'm sorry. She said, come my way As I was her sway To the rhythm, to the beat and the dance floor So I was no more than another score But I gotta make sure my eyes explore Place was hazy in the room and it started to spin I thought the record that the DJ had faded in But I just There we go, that was Owen Stephen, who's from Hitchin, and that was his song called From Grace. Nanny Eileen is uh, no longer with us. I don't mean like that, she's just handed in a notice, and she is. Uh, we wish her the very best of luck and lots of love. So we said for one week only, we've got Barry from Watford. Barry, yes. what did you make of uh, that song by Owen Stephen? Do you know what? Two weeks out of two, you've done it. 
wonderful tune that was catchy, bouncy, ideal for a summer's day. Yeah. I loved it. <laughs> Why were you rolling an R? There's no R in the word love. I'm, I'm trying to be, <laughs> I'm trying to be a bit like jukebox jewelry. I'm I'm trying to speak what? in a, you know, like a cool cat. So Mark I loved it. No. Mark's out of ten, Barry. Oh, well, a ten out of ten. Well, wonderful. Well, and have ten you got a message? You, 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 you've performed in showbiz. You say you're a regular on Steve Wright show. Have you got a message yes. for young Owen Stephen? Yes, I have. If you want to come to the Watford Palace Theatre tonight at seven forty-five, I'm doing a show with John Thompson from the Bar Show. Plenty of tickets left if you fancy coming. Bring as many people as possible. Seven forty-five. That's embarrassing. Oh, and apart from that, jolly good. Keep up the good work. Put, put, put the phone down. Bye. Come back, Nanny Harley. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was awkward, wasn't it? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Things starting to slow up a bit on the M25, anti-clockwise, looking heavy into the roadworks from Waltham Abbey toward Enfield, busy then from the M1 to Kings Langley, and quite slow from Maple Cross round to the M40. Also problems just across over in Essex, the A120 westbound, Stansted Mount Fitchett, apparently delays, partially blocked by a broken down car which has lost its tyre about two miles before Stansted at the airport. On the trains, Chilton running with disruption, Banbury to Birmingham Moor Street and Leamington Spa to Stratford-upon-Avon. They've got a broken down train between Leamington Spa and Hatton, causing delays of up to 40 minutes and some cancellations as well. London Overground running with severe delays between Euston and Watford Junction after a signal failure at Euston earlier this morning. If you're making a journey with the Tube, Northern Line services via Bank are suspended southbound Camden Town to Kennington because of a emergency engineering work at Moorgate and the Bakerloo line minor delays for the whole line signal failure at Waterloo Adam Glynn BBC Three Counties Radio Thank you Adam Milton Keynes Bedford High Wycombe Luton you are all rubbish towns phone up and defend yourself 08459 FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. seven o'clock, I'm Catherine Boyle. The headlines, charity calls for care, not clampdown for Luton prostitutes. Bedford Mayor demands hospital answers and Drummond Lee Rigby laid to rest. BBC Three Counties Radio. An Ipswich charity is warning Luton that there needs to be a more caring attitude towards Hightown's prostitutes if they're ever to be taken off the streets. The drug support charity Iceni was key to tackling the problem in Ipswich in the wake of the Suffolk Strangler murders in 2006. Now it's sharing experiences with towns like Luton. But director Brian Tobin wonders whether councillors are really prepared to do what it takes. I've been to probably over 20 towns and cities in the UK and, and as many have, as visit, have visited Ipswich to see how we've done it. And you, I just wonder if they actually do take it on board because of people's attitudes. And it is frustrating. It can be done. I think we've, we've proven that in Ipswich. It can be done. But you've got to be in it for the long haul. 
The Mayor of Bedford is demanding answers about staffing levels at the town's hospital. It comes after junior doctors working in the paediatric unit complained a lack of consultants meant they were often working unsupervised. The hospital responded by removing the students from the unit, telling BBC Three Counties Radio it was a temporary move to deal with the situation which presented a risk to patient safety. An independent review's been launched and Mayor Dave Hodgson will meet hospital bosses next week. A private military funeral will be held in Greater Manchester today for Fusilier Lee Rigby, the soldier killed outside his barracks in London in May. Yesterday, hundreds of people lined the streets of Bury as his coffin was transported to a church under military escort. Judith Moritz reports. Fusilier Lee Rigby was a machine gunner with 2nd Battalion, the Royal Regiment of Fusiliers. He also took the ceremonial role of drummer and yesterday his colleagues from the Corps of Drums escorted his coffin into the regimental parish church in Bury. They stood vigil over the soldier's body overnight and will join his family and friends at the funeral later this morning. Crowds of people, including many veterans, are expected in the town to listen to the service as it's relayed on loudspeakers. The government is expected to confirm its postponing plans to try to discourage smoking by banning all branding on cigarette and tobacco products. Ministers had been keen to introduce standardised packaging following a public consultation last year, but Downing Street is said to have been worried about the impact it would have on jobs. More than half a million pounds is being spent improving Oxy Park in Watford. Work to resurface all its footpaths is underway, including new fencing, seats and trees. A new formal entrance is also being built at the lower high street end of the park. In sport, England will resume day three of the first Ashes test against Australia at Trent Bridge, 15 runs ahead of their opponents. Alistair Cook and Kevin Peterson took the host from 11 for two to 80 for two after losing Joe Root and Jonathan Trott early in the second innings. The weather very warm and sunny once the early morning cloud breaks with top temperature today of 25 degrees Celsius, that's 77 Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Three seconds short. Now, I'm assuming you still get paid the same. I'm assuming so too. If you were to add up those three seconds over the year, that would probably make close to a minute. <sighs> I missed out some breathing so I could finish early so you could get more breathing in. Oh, thanks very much. I was thinking of you. Thank you, Catherine. Thinking of me, how pleasant. How pleasant. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's Friday and it's going to be nice weather. Wonderful. Lots coming up on the show this morning, including Milton Keynes, Bedford, High Wycombe, Luton. You are rubbish towns. You need to buck up your ideas. It's not coming from me. All of these towns have been shortlisted for the award of the UK's number one rubbish town. I've phrased it slightly differently to how it is being phrased. What do you think? Can you defend your town if you live in it? Or do you actually agree and think, well, to be honest, yes, these places do need to buck up their ideas. New research has come out which identifies the issues most likely to cause tension between neighbours. It's the usual stuff, parking, noise, disputes over boundaries. Well, have you had bad neighbours and how did you tackle them? And as a uh, milkman claims on the front page of The Sun, he's been banned from whistling. Would you ban whistling? I love a bit of whistling. But how on earth do I teach it to my three-year-old son? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text 81333, start your text 3CR. Or you can give me a call 08459 455555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Now it's going to take five years to stop street prostitution in Luton. That's according to a special board of authorities in the town. A new strategy to clear up the high town area began this week and a local dispersal order and a zero tolerance approach to curb crawling begins on Monday. Well, Wendy Walker, high town resident, says life on a daily basis has become very difficult. Well, it's hell on earth. I mean, I, I moved into my flat five years ago and, um, you know, I had prostitutes having sex outside on the grass. I had prostitutes sitting opposite on the doctor's wall with no underwear on. We've had them having sex on car bonnets. People have opened their front doors and prostitutes have actually fell in. Um, I mean, it's a whole litany and a whole catalogue of things that animals in a zoo wouldn't even do. Um, they, it, it's a 24-7 thing. It doesn't happen in the day or night. It's round the clock. And, you know, even as old as I am, men accost me and ask me how much I charge. Women nine months pregnant get asked, are they doing business? If you dare to wait for a taxi on the wall, you get a boy who could possibly be your grandson drive up and say, how much do you charge, love? You've spoken uh, as a community about the inspiration you've taken from places like Ipswich. Just tell us what you've seen there or what you've heard of what's happened there that's given you some hope for what's happening in Luton. It took murders, didn't it? And and all I can say is how there hasn't been murders and some pro stuffed in a chute around our area. It's just a miracle. Well, that was our reporter, Paul Scoyne, speaking to Wendy Walker, who's a high town resident. I'm joined now by Laura Church, Head of Business and Community Services at Luton Borough Council. Good morning, Laura. Good morning, Ian. Uh, residents are, are very upset and they feel this is long overdue, don't they? Residents have told us they've had lots of concerns over a long period of time. We have been working to tackle the issue, but that's why we want to induce, introduce this new strategy, learning from places like Ipswich, which have tackled this issue head on. Uh, and that's really what we wanted to talk to the community about last night. So what is this new strategy then that you're, you're pursuing? We're, we've developed a new strategy. It's working with all of the partners, and that's really what's important, is that all the partners are working together to a vision to remove the on-street sex trade from Luton as a whole in five years. And how are you doing that? We've got a five-pronged strategy, yep. which is looking at um, tackling the demand. So on-street sex trade is a business, so we've got to disrupt that business. We need to support the women to exit uh, and some of these women are vulnerable victims and we need to ensure that they are being supported. We need to tackle the residents' concerns and talk to them and that's really important. It's interesting you mentioned the needs of the prostitutes before you mentioned the needs of the residents. The needs of the residents is fundamental to the overall vision. Um, The overall vision is everyone is a victim in this and we've got to work to tackle that the people who are having people having sex up against their front doors or sex on their car bonnets or being you know pregnant women being approached in the street they would suggest i would imagine that perhaps they they deserve a priority what what would you say to that we've got to prioritize the work with the residents and tackling that issue but we've also got to deal with the other issues around this the women the people who are coming in to buy sex and also the underlying people who are profiting from this people who sell drugs all of those issues just dealing with one of those things on its own doesn't work the residents and we've heard this a lot on this show feel that the council and the police aren't being tough enough on the the women working as prostitutes what would you say to that 
we are always reviewing our practices. What we want to try and do now, though, is look at the individual circumstance of each of the women and work to develop a package that deals with their needs. And that may look at enforcement, but we need to do that work around identifying what their needs are. Why has it taken so long to respond to this? Because I've been here for eight, nine months, and I've pretty much covered it since I've been here. And it's been going on for much longer than that. We've been looking and dealing with the issue. We've put in place dawn patrols to clear up some of the litter. We've been doing some of the work in the Pars housing estate in Hightown to deal with the issues of bin stores. So we have been doing some work, but we've also reviewed best practice from elsewhere. We've had people from Ipswich down to have a discussion about what they've done. We've also looked at best practice from Cardiff and other places. But it's taken a long time to get to this. Why has it taken so long? I don't think it has taken a long time. The residents time. think it's taken the a long time. The residents feel it's taken a long time. And I think one of the issues is we haven't been t- going out properly and talking to the resident- residents about what we have doing and what we are proposing to do in the future. So last night's meeting was the start of that process. So we've also agreed that we will meet with them regularly to discuss how things are going, pick up on their concerns, and we can also talk to them about the enforcement policy. Uh, Police are stepping up their presence for the month of July. So it's going to stop, it'll cut things for a month, then what happens? The police have actually been doing more intensive operations since the beginning of the year. Um, but now they're doing a whole programme of work in July and they will continue to be active on this issue. And that's part of what the strategy is for, is to get the buy-in from the council, the police and other agencies to work on this as a long-term commitment. So is the police presence going to be increased after July? The police will still be around after July. How much? How, how, How often? Every night? Every other night? Every week? They're going to think about the tactics that, that work. Some of the, some of the um, feed that we've back that we've had is that being out on a regular basis isn't the best thing. We need to have some overt operations with high visit- visibility policing like the residents like to see, but we also need some covert operations, and that's also been going on. Surely all that's going to happen, I would imagine, is if there's a... Oh, hey, it's a really busy month in Hightown with police. Don't go down there see you in august people just will just not go for a month and then they'll come back later won't they the message is that there will still be police operations going on in that area on an ongoing basis what does that mean on an ongoing basis until we've dealt with the issue and we've removed street prostitution from luton five years that's a long time Five years sounds a long time. Well, it is a long time. It That's is a long, it time. Like a long time. We need that long-term commitment, and I think you've had some uh, people on from Ipswich saying it needs to be that long-term, but also the feedback that they have dealt with it more quickly than that. We would hope that we would deal with it more quickly than that, but our longer-term strategy is for five years. That's not going to satisfy Wendy, is it, who, who, who we heard from, or Shazad, who we hear from, or, or, or other people who are having to witness this, the pregnant mums that are being asked in the street if they're working as prostitutes, the people who are having opening their front doors and finding condoms on their, on their doorstep. Five years? I wouldn't, I wouldn't like that for five years. Would you? We don't want this to be a five-year study. Would you, would you put up with it for five years in your street? I wouldn't put up with it for five right. years. That's why we need the partners to put the resources in to tackle this issue earlier. But... It isn't a quick win. 
And that's really what we've started to talk to the community about is we can't eradicate this overnight and none of the other areas that have been dealing with it have been able to eradicate it overnight. We need that longer term approach. If you move these on from Hightown, it's just going to move it somewhere else, isn't it? That's why this strategy is about removing it from Luton. So you've got police all across Luton in July? We, we we're, we're tackling where the issue is at the moment. Which is Hightown. Is Hightown. So that will if move it, moves, it somewhere else. If it moves, we will be looking to deal with it. The idea and the background to the strategy is removing it from Luton. But it, but it, will, it will pop up somewhere else, won't it? And, and then you've got to, then how long does it take to make the decision to, to push the resources into that new area? The resources are available to tackle this issue. They'll be moved if the issue moves. Are, are you satisfied with the way that the council and the police have dealt with this? Because we've had so many phone calls and spoken to so many people from that area who feel frustrated, they feel let down. Uh, and they feel that they've been neglected. The needs of the residents have been uh, neglected in favour of the needs of the prostitutes. I've heard that criticism from the community at a number of meetings, and I think that's why we had the meeting last night to talk about what we're doing to support the needs of the residents to tackle the curb crawlers, the people coming in to deal with the environmental nuisance. Uh, And that was really the message that we were trying to give last night and have given at other other meetings but we need to be dealing with all those issues so the victims are being the residents the businesses and to and the the women the but dealing with also the underlying business of the sex trade and we need to deal with all of those issues laura church head of business community service at luton borough council thank you very much for coming in go out and enjoy the sunshine now as i believe it's quite a nice day out there oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call you can also go to facebook.com forward slash bbc 3cr or you can send me a text eight one three double three start your text 3cr it's seven fifteen or thereabouts let's get the travel now with adam Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Cheers, Ian. Today's on the M25 anti-clockwise through the roadworks. It's looking slow. There's a broken down vehicle between Enfield and Potter's Bar. We've also got slow moving traffic from the M1 round to Kings Langley. That's junction 21 to 20. And as you continue from Maple Cross to the M40, junction 17 to 16. Slowing up on the A1 as you make your way southbound through Boreham Wood from Stirling Corner toward Apex Corner. A little busy now on the B4540 as well. This is Lynch Hill in Markgate around the junction with the A5. We have ongoing disruption on the trains. Chilton affected by delays of up to 40 minutes and some cancellations as well. They've got a broken down train between Lamington Spa and Hatton affecting services between Bad. Banbury and Birmingham Moor Street and Leamington Spa and Stratford-upon-Avon. If you're going toward London, the overground. Severe delays, Watford Junction to Euston after signal failure at Euston earlier today. And the Northern Line Tube is severe delays now. It's running once again, but severe delays via Bank between Camden Down and Kennington. Minor delays for the whole of the Bakerloo Line because of a signal failure at Waterloo. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. 7.16, it's Friday the 12th of July I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio An Ipswich charity is warning Luton that there needs to be a more caring attitude towards High Town's prostitutes if they're ever to get off the streets The Mayor of Bedford is demanding answers about staffing levels at the town's hospital 
In sport, England will resume day three of the first Ashes test against Australia at Trent Bridge, 15 runs ahead of their opponents. The weather today for beds, hearts and bucks. Very warm, sunny once the early morning cloud breaks. Top temperature is 25 degrees. Coming up, four of our towns have been shortlisted, well, for Britain's most rubbish town. Milton Keynes, Bedford, High Wycombe and Luton. Is that fair? Are they rubbish towns? Or can you defend them? 08459 455 555. We've not had many people jumping to their defence. So maybe, just maybe... Bedford, Milton Keynes, High Wycombe and Luton. Maybe they are terrible towns. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you've got a problem with a company, a council or an organisation, there's one man you should come and speak to. You've got a problem with a mattress, I gather. Tell me all about it without naming any company name. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Well, every time she tried to book, the trip was cancelled because of adverse weather. The JVS show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. Said send the receipt off and you'll get the cheque in the post. If you need our help... I went to speak to the man that runs this golf club. Email jvsshow at bb I'm just very pleased that you've got the money. And we could do the same for you. Thanks ever so much, Jonathan. The JVS Show on BBC Three Counties. That was me getting excited. Look at me and my fat fingers. JVS is on at nine o'clock. He's always worth a listen. He'll pop in in about an hour's time to let us know what's going to be on his show. Now, do you get on with your neighbours? Are they the friendly kind of people that you can trust to feed the cat while you're away? Oh, I need to find some neighbours that can look after my cat and my rabbit while I'm away. Or are they a nightmare making your life a complete misery? New research has come out which identifies the issues most likely to cause tension between neighbours. Parking, building, disputes over boundaries, all of these things... Well, they can really ruin a neighbourly relationship. And it was a parking dispute that caused Sarah months of problems with one of her neighbours. She says things got nasty. We've changed her name and her voice to protect our identity. Over a sort of six-month period, you know, um, bags of dog mess left um, on my drive. Um, I've actually had it left loose on my drive, on my car, um, on my front doorstep, in bags, not in bags. So it's just, but again, that could be coming from anywhere, really, but it doesn't seem to be anyone else, only me. I've been incredibly lucky, apart from a a couple of neighbours who live downstairs that we didn't get on with a dispute over money. Apart from that, all of my neighbours have been lovely. Talk to each other over the fence, pop round to each other's houses for a cup of tea. Well, Sarah, who you heard from there, has since moved and her life uh, has no doubt uh, improved significantly. Joined now by Di Payne, who's from Milton Keynes Community Mediation Services. Morning, Di. Good morning. Now, no one wants to put up with things like this, but going around to knock on a neighbour's door to say, oh, look, you're playing your music a bit too loudly, or could you not park there? It's very intimidating, and I would certainly feel uncomfortable doing it. Well, I think this is a problem for people. People don't get on with neighbours in the way somehow that they used to. I think there have been problems for some time now with direct contact with people. They, they seem to be afraid to go knock on someone's door and say, you know, there's something wrong. 
and um, basically that's why the mediation service is there and that's how why we become involved so how do you get involved I, I live next door to a bloke called Steve and he's always parking in front of my driveway and he plays his music really loudly yeah. what, what, what do I do I, I give you a call and explain this problem absolutely you give us a call on 200 in Milton Keynes and we go out and we see you first and talk to you and you tell us you know, what you see as the problem. We then go and talk to next door. Usually we hear exactly the opposite sto- side of yeah. the story. But the real part of the mediation is that we actually get people round a table together to talk to each other. So they hear what each other says. And they hear that if you park your car so that he can't get his car directly out of his drive, you know, how difficult it is. Or they hear that, you know, you go out to work at six o'clock in the morning and they they play their music till two in the morning and th- these sort of things so that they actually hear what each other say. Now, we don't need neighbours to be best friends, but we do need them to be able to go on living there and actually live in some sort of peace and harmony. You know, that's the idea idea you don't have to be best friends with your neighbors but it is really good if you can talk to them what are the most common kinds of problems you have to deal with di well to be fair parking is an issue particularly in milton Keynes. Uh, a lot of people were given a garage and a drive and they've used the garage not for the car but for uh, either an extra room on the house or for storage of all that oh no one parks in a garage we've got a garage we don't put cars in the garage no no and therefore and most people have two cars some people even have three and even four cars and then you've got the problem of parking on the street and people sometimes think that the street outside their house is their bit of land it isn't it's a public highway so anybody can park there but that causes problems people parking in you know what they consider each other's spaces uh we get a lot of problems with noise particularly where there are flats you know on top of each other people's different lifestyles I mean, you know, there are people who go out to work very early in the morning and there are other people who perhaps don't get in till midnight and then start to sort of, you know, lead their lives and put on the television loud or whatever it is. We get to, as somebody, as in the beginning you said, boundaries, problems over overhanging trees. Oh, I ended up, didn't you, you reminded me of something, Di. I ended up having an argument with a neighbour who put up a fence... And it, it came like a, a few inches into into our garden, and I just thought, do you know what? Life is too short. Let him have the extra couple of inches. I don't care. Yes, but that's exactly the sort of thing you took the the idea. Well, what is two inches? It's nothing, but. Uh, some people feel very strongly about these things and get very cross about it. And the other, m- my favourite subject is the wonderful Leylandi trees. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Which, of course, were planted because they grew so quickly, but if you don't chop the tops off them, they grow to enormous heights, and then you can't cut the tops off them. And that is a real problem, and it's very costly to uh, have them cut down. Ever had a case you can't solve, Di, where there's just too much tension between the neighbours? Unfortunately, there are times when the neighbours just feel they can't meet each other. And we do do something called shuttle, when we shuttle backwards and forwards between them. It's never as successful as getting them to actually face each other and talk to each other properly. 
but it is possible to do that, and we do occasionally have to do that. And sometimes it does get nasty, doesn't it? But there are there are a lot of thick, nasty, aggressive people out there, Di. I'm going to say it. And, and that's true. And I have to tell you, the amount of police time that is taken up with dealing with, with neighbour issues is absolutely ridiculous. Um, it really is. The p- number of times the police are called out to deal with matters which really are nothing to do with police. And, you know, there's no criminal offences being made, but people become anxious and concerned, and so they waste police time. Di Payne from Milton Keynes Community Mediation Service. Thank you very much indeed. I want to hear your stories this morning about your bad neighbours. 08459 four double five five double five. Is it the noise? Is it that ridiculous barking dog? Or are they just horrible, aggressive thugs? 08459 four double five five double five. Oh, there's the theme tune to uh, motor racing. That's exciting, isn't it? No reason to play it, it just sounds good. Now, Milton Keynes, Bedford, High Wycombe and Luton. What have they got in common? Well, they've all been shortlisted for including... Music is completely irrelevant, but it's, it's kind of quite nice. That's a bit of drama to uh, the story. They've all been shortlisted for inclusion in a book that identifies the most rubbish town in the UK. The list is currently 100 strong and will be whittled down to a final 50. We've already heard about Milton Keynes, but what about Bedford? Here's what people said about their town. There isn't a lot here, really, I don't think. We don't make the most of what we have got either. We don't promote it very well. You only hear all the time about the bad points. So, yeah, I would agree that it should be up there, really. You get a lot of trouble in Bedford, a lot of alcohol. You have a lot of homeless still in the town centre, shops closing down and with boards out the front. It doesn't make it look like a place you want to come and shop in. It's hard to define a positive because they've been talking so long now about making changes over 30 years and they've not done anything. I think they should try looking elsewhere because I've lived in a lot of places and I'm more than happy to spend the rest of my life in Bedford. It's beautiful. Beautiful river, the swans, the ducks... People are nice, they're genuine. You have people living here from all over the world. It's very cosmopolitan, and I love it. We can talk to Conservative Bedford Borough Councillor Christy Adams. Christy, Bedford's a crap town. Absolutely not. It's an amazing town, and it's got fantastic shopping. I um, I completely disagree. I mean, um, for me, like this Sunday, I was in the arcade in the middle of Bedford. The shop was shut. I was with my 11-year-old daughter, and she said, oh, I really like the thing that's in the window. And the man um, who was inside was just doing a stock take, and he opened up the shop for us. We bought the things that we wanted. And then I left my shopping, actually, a bag of shopping. Oh, you're a nightmare. You are. I know, I am. Um, I left my shopping in the shop, went home, and then saw from my receipt the phone number, phoned him. He was still there. And then he came out, unlocked his shop again, and brought my shopping back to me. I mean, that is just fantastic. That is brilliant. So, So that is brilliant. And you are a nightmare. You're not, if I had a shop, you'd be banned. Uh, so Bedford has a nice man there. Yeah. But what else has Bedford got going for it? Def- defend it against these these uh, th- these authors. Well, I just I just think actually in the town centre you've got um, Beals, you've got um, a wonderful independent de- department store, um, you've got Boots, you've got all the shops that you could possibly Boots? Need. You can't put Boots, Christy, you can't put Boots down as a thing that makes Bedford good. <laughs> well, some, some, some of the, the little smaller towns that I know don't have a Marks and Spencers or a Boots or, you know... Or a Where are they going to get their meal deal shop? from? 
And, and that's, the, that's the thing, is that actually, when you look at Bedford, honestly, I think people like to talk it down. But, I mean, it's got the most fabulous riverfront. It's got some really, really great things about Town it. Town centre parking, uh, a, a cinema that's dying, uh, uh, traffic, are, are they negatives? Well, the thing about the cinema, it has free parking next to it. So I, do, I don't agree with that. Um, and how, how many places in the country have huge amounts of free parking right next to it? And also, the Nature Reserve, Priory Country Park, how many towns have um, acres and uh, 33 acres of wonderful um, nature reserves? So I think that we've got into a bit of a habit in Bedford of talking it down, and we now need to be talking it up. <laughs> Christy, you've done a cracking job. Thanks very much for coming on. It's Christy Adams, a Conservative Bedford Borough Councillor. Well, what do you think? Do you live in Bedford? Maybe you just drive through Bedford as quickly as you can. Is it unfair that Bedford, Milton Keynes, High Wycombe and Luton have been included in this list of the, the worst towns in Britain? Phone up and defend it. I'll be honest, we've had some... Bedford has been defended. Milton Keynes has been defended. No one's been able to defend High Wycombe or Luton. 08459 455 555. Is there a reason for that? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There's still a lane closed on the M25 anti-clockwise because of a broken down vehicle through the roadworks section. It's between Enfield at Junction 25 and Potter's Bar at Junction 24 with congestion back to Waltham Abbey at 26. It's also slow anti-clockwise from Maple Cross round to the M40. The A1 looking busy through Boreham Wood from Stirling Corner toward Apex Corner. Disruption for Chilton Railway services between Banbury and Birmingham Moor Street and Leamington Spa and Stratford-upon-Avon. So if you're travelling that way this morning, expect delays of up to 40 minutes and some cancellations as well. It's a broken down train between Leamington Spa and Hatton causing the issues. The London Overground running with severe delays after a signal failure earlier at Euston, though they look like they're running better now between Watford Junction and Euston. They have still got delays on some of their other routes between Wilsdon Junction and Clapham Junction, for instance. Northern Line Tube back to normal service via Bank southbound Camden Town to Kennington, but you've still got minor delays for the Bakerloo line because of a signal failure at Waterloo. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. 7.30 News and sport here's Catherine Boyle across beds hearts and bugs this is BBC Three Counties Radio Good morning. The headlines. An Ipswich charity is warning there needs to be a more caring attitude towards High Town's prostitutes if they're ever to be taken off the streets of Luton. The Mayor of Bedford is demanding answers about staffing levels at the town's hospital. The government's expected to confirm it's postponing its plan to try to discourage smoking by branding all ba- bran- banning all branding on cigarette and tobacco products. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's start with cricket. 19-year-old Ashton Agar fell just two runs short of making a century on his test debut when he was caught out for 98 yesterday, a test record for a number 11 on day two of the first Ashes test against England. Agar's 10th wicket partnership of 163 with Philip Hughes was also a world record, but Agar wasn't too disappointed not to reach his century. I was conscious about it, but I wouldn't say I was any more nervous than I was when I was on one. I was pretty relaxed and just trying to do my best for the team, really. I noticed they put a couple back and he sort of bowled it in the right spot and it got me but uh, that last shot I don't know I, I sort of tried to hit down on it and hit it a bit too flat should have hit up in football, England's women play their first match at the European Championships tonight in Sweden when they take on Spain. Aylesbury's Ellen White and Watford's Kelly Smith could feature. Defender Steph Houghton says they'll have to play well to reach the knockout stages of the tournament. When you look at the group, Spain, Russia and France, people have said it's a group of death, but 
Um, I think we've got to be confident in our own ability and uh, we've just got to go and play the football that we can play and we've had some good results against big teams over the last few years and uh, we've just got to make sure that we're together as a team and work as hard as possibly can. Luton Town return from their pre-season training camp in Portugal today. The Hatters play their first pre-season game tomorrow at Boreham Wood. And finally, cycling, the head of World Cycling's governing body, Pat McQuaid, has told the BBC it was a mistake to accept a donation from Lance Armstrong. The UCI received $125,000 from the American in 2002, but said in 2010 that it was not part of a cover-up into drug use in the sport. And that's your latest news and sport. I'll be back with more at 8 o'clock. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning! Morning! Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Don't forget, don't forget, dear listener, you can get the um, podcast, the weekly best of, in inverted commas, written in italics with a lowercase b. Uh, on, you can either go to the BBC Three Counties uh, website and follow the links for the podcast there, or you can get it from iTunes. A new one will be out today at around about one o'clock... Something like that? Who knows? I didn't do three of the front pages. Should we have a quick look at those before we speak to... Justin, you okay to wait for a second? Yeah, if I must. Excuse me? You know. What? Just saying. I'm just... I, I want to do the, th- the Express, the Mail and the Sun. Front pages or me? Just saying, like. Well, the front... All right, we'll do you. We'll do those later. Unbelievable. Thanks. <clears throat> the latest edition of a book that lists the... That lists <clears throat> the latest edition of a book that lists the worst places to th- live in the UK has included Milton Keynes, Bedford, High Wycombe and Luton. The book's publishers are looking to whittle the list down, currently 100 strong to a final 50, and are asking for people to stand up for their towns. Well, Milton Keynes, Bedford, High Wycombe and Luton, are your towns really that bad? Justin Dealey is in Luton. What have people been saying, Justin? Are you ready for me now? Yeah. Yes, um, earlier on we spoke to uh, Jane and we asked her to defend her town because uh, going from 100 down to 50, nobody wants to see their town in this final 50. Of course, Luton back in 2004 was named as the UK's worst town. I'm putting that politely, of course. We know the real world, but it was certainly named as uh, the worst town. Jane laughed at me and she couldn't come up with anything no. positive about her town whatsoever. And you mentioned a few moments ago, Ian, that nobody's phoned in since that piece to actually defend Luton. Well, we've got the chairman of Love Luton coming in, who, who I suspect loves Luton and will defend it, but we have had no spontaneous callers phone up and big up Luton. Have you managed to find anybody who loves Luton? Well, in the last hour or so, I've been asking people again to defend Luton, and again, this is not particularly pleasant. This is what people had to say. No, I can't defend it. There's too much that's gone on. There's not enough... Um, how can I put it? There's just not no community spirit anymore. There's not. There, you know, there's... There, Things have just gotten so bad with the crime. You've got young people, I'm not blaming young people, but you've got, you know, the young people of, of Luton up to no good. There's no. There's not enough consequences for them. I can't defend this town, I can't. I mean, I'm trying to be positive here. Is there <laughs> one good thing about Luton? Come on, you live here. There's got to be one good thing about Luton. Not really. There's re- I really don't think that there is. Overnight time, I don't want to go out in Luton. If I go out now, we'll go like St Albans or something. I will not go out in Luton. It's just not worth the ad No, not really. Not at the moment. It's Luton's a mess. Everywhere's shut off. It's all buildings blocked off and everything. Don't know what to say, really. Come on, John. Sell Luton to me. It's your town. There's got to be something oh, good about Luton. Sorry. I, at the present moment of time, I can't sell Luton to you, to be honest. Seriously. I can't know. It's pretty poor. Really. 
What would you say is the best thing about Luton? There's got to be something which you think is great. You live here. What, what? I live here, yeah. I work here. I work at the airport. That's about all I can say is good about it. You know. Madam, we're looking for you to defend your town. What's so good about Luton? Come on, sell it to me. Luton is a good place to live. It's a good place to work. But it's people who are coming into Luton who think that Luton is trash and it's not. Well, Justin, that's um, it's it's not brilliant, is it? Did did you did you filter that? Have you edited no. that? I need to make that absolutely clear right now. You can check my microphone when I come back later on. Um, that was pretty painful. In one hour, we had the airport, and Luton is a good place to work. When I think about Luton, and somebody, please, for goodness' sake, pick up the phone and phone in and defend Luton. Yep. Let's not let's not make this one-sided. When I think about Luton, I think about the culture, as I mentioned, the football team, the airport, it's a fantastic airport, the radio station, us Luson Who. Heart, heart are fantastic. Oh, you mean us? <laughs> wow, that's great. And, and more importantly, the people in Luson. I spend yep. most of my life in Luson. I work in Luson. I'm constantly talking to people in Luson. And on the whole, those people are very friendly. But based on what those people have said to me in the last hour, certainly this website, the publisher's website, they are not going to be inundated with Lutonians on there saying, my town does not deserve to be in this final shortlist of 50 of the UK's worst towns. Well, uh, Justin, thank you for that, listening to that. With, with Almost with head in hand is Andrew McConnell, chairman of uh, Love Luton. Morning, Andrew. Good morning. What do you make of that? Is that part of the problem, that Lutonians don't seem to love Luton? Well, it's interesting this book is uh, being resurfaced, and I think uh, you know, it looks to the past and not to the present and what's really reality is happening in the town huge amount of investment uh, is happening um, but the know. people the people we've spoken to there they don't like it and they live in Luton if the people who live here can't defend it there's not much hope for it, is there? Well, I'm here to defend it, and uh, that's what we as Love Luton are doing. The business community, you know, we're here about improving the image and the perception of Luton, enhancing the belief about the town, yeah. and really trying to drive a thriving economy. Yes. Look at the Mal Shopping Centre, example. Yep. Only three retail outlets empty. Now, how many towns can say their shopping centres only have three out- outlets empty? You know, education here in the town, you know, Luton is in the top five yep. of young people who are going off to A-levels, going off to university. You know, really good things. Massive airports, you know, huge amounts of... Of development is actually happening within this town. Yep. I travel around the country a lot in my job and uh, you know see what Luton is really doing. I started here in 1992, my first job working in a railway station. Look at the development that is actually happening. Lots and lots. In there town. is lots. Let me play devil's advocate because I, I, I feel that's uh, my, my want. Uh, a lot of money wasted last year on uh, the Ollie Moores concert. A lot of money uh, being wasted, overspent on that um, bus way thing that you've got going on. Lots of areas that haven't been built on that are being left derelict. So there are reasons that people could consider it that, couldn't they? Yeah, I take your point there. Um, and uh, the Love Luton Festival last year, just get a little bit, Love Luton is the businesses come together, you know, not a single penny of taxpayers' money is being spent on this to promote the town. We're all united about what we're trying to do here and really be positive about what's going on in the town. You know, it, there is there is a lot thriving about it. It, there's a lot more to be done still here and uh, you know i would say to listeners you know if you're on twitter this morning and, and you do love luton you know go on there and actually you know put the hashtag not a crap town because luton certainly isn't okay well listen we've got uh, we've got a couple of callers let's go to tom in luton tom good morning tom hello hello tom can you hear me oh, i'm sound master me yes so- i can hear you fine excellent uh, you're, you're on the radio what do you want to say about luton do you love it Love it. I hate it. I've never seen it. I mean, you don't have to do any competitions. It's the worst town in Great Britain. Tell, tell me why it's so bad, in your opinion. Well, I mean, just uh, the only good thing I can see about Luton is that Jason to them won. 
you can get away from it occasionally, you know. Unfortunately, I've lived in this 20 years and I shouldn't be out of it. I mean, it's it's one major slum. Uh, I mean, even on the on the there's communities building communities within communities. Also, there's no park. The traffic system is must have been designed by someone from another planet, you know. Uh, I, I drive around Luton. Tom, the traffic system's not that bad. It's, it always seems to be moving. It's not that bad. It's worse than that. I mean, I do oh. a lot of driving. I mean, it's horrendous. And, I mean, we've also got this... <laughs> I don't know. What is, do we just call it? Another white elephant. This so-called link between Luton and Dunstable. What a waste of money. What is the purpose they're going to serve? None. Tom, you, you, you say you lived in Luton, you've lived in Luton for 20 years. If you hate it that much, why, why don't you jog on? Well, I mean, it's a matter of affording to move, isn't it? In the right time, isn't it? I mean, these, these, are, these are bad times we're in, I mean, you know. Tom, Tom listen, Ken's in Luton. Ken, you have a slightly different opinion to this, don't you? Oh, yeah, mate. Go on. Why does everybody's flag Luton off? I mean, we live in a town with plenty of parks... I mean, we've got a park down the road from us, and it's lovely. The, the council keep it nice and clean and everywhere for the kids to play on. Yeah, you get some kids that will vandalise the five-a-side net. You'll get that anywhere, Ken. you get that anywhere, man. I mean, is this the same sort of person that was studying in Cardiff University roadkill? What? Is that the statistics Sorry? they rely on? I'm not quite sure what that point is, but Tom, well, the, 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 hang on, Ken, let's go to Tom. Tom, the, there are loads of lovely green spaces in Luton. You don't get that in every town. Tom? Well, He's most probably drowned in the shower. Hello. <laughs> yes, hello. Yes, well, I'll come back to you in a second, Andrew. Dory. So, yeah. the, Tom, it's got, there's loads of lovely green parks in Luton. Yeah, so is Hamel Hempstead, but doesn't make it not doesn't make it a better place, green space. Okay, Tom, Tom and Ken, thank you very much indeed. Two different opinions, the, the opinions there. Ken is right. There are loads of lovely green areas and green spaces, and and not every town is lucky enough to have that, are they? Not at all. And and I say, you know, there's a lot more to be done here in Luton. You know, I, started, I started here in 1992, my first job at working Luton Station. Yep. Look at where the town was, and look at where the town is now. You know, it really is a changing town, and uh, you know, the business community is really, really driving forward. You know, positive and putting their own investment in the town, actually spending private investments. are so not taxpayers' money being spent, you know, like the airport development that's going on, the university that's being spent, you know, real money that's being, being poured into the town to really make real change. Why do you think... Because, listen, before I, I came and worked here, I was a little bit biased uh, against Luton. I love Luton now. I come here and I work here and it's a joy to work here and everyone I've met, most of the people I've met have been lovely and there's great places to go off and have some food and things like that. So my opinion was changed. Why do you think that so many people don't like Luton, though? Well, I think it's 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 just over the years it's really just just been bashed by you know some of the, some media outlets, uh, and I think you know there are there is there is a small minority that want to bash Luton. But actually, you look at what we've done. You know, since January this year, we've got sixteen thousand followers on Twitter who have ticked that they actually love Luton. You know, that's a, that's a small number, I know, mm. but um, but it's, you know, it's people being want to be positive about the town. I'm looking at Twitter this morning. You know, people are sort of you know retweeting and saying you know I actually do love Luton, and uh, you know, I think that uh, there's a lot more to be done here in the town and I think the one thing is the business community is really, really here to drive forward lots of change, lots of investment and uh, we're here to be positive about what's going on. Andrew, thank you for coming in. You've put a very passionate defence forward and I appreciate that. Thank, thank you. you very much indeed. That's uh, Andrew McConnell, Chairman of Love Luton. It's over to you now. What do you think? 08459 455 555. You had two very passionate callers as well. Very passionate. One very angry.
I don't understand. If you hated a place so much, why would you live there for 20 years? You'd find a way to move out, wouldn't you? You'd think you would. 08459 four double five five double five. Can you defend Luton, Milton Keynes, Bedford and High Wycombe? On the subject of Milton Keynes, Chris says, uh, I live in Milton Keynes, have done for 30 years, live my whole life here. It has everything, and people that say otherwise are crazy. And Diane says, I love Milton Keynes. There's lots to do, great shops, people are lovely, lots of green areas. Most people who don't like Milton Keynes have never been here. 08459 four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Taking a look at the speed centres, the A5 is looking a little bit busy southbound as you come down toward the M1, but not too bad. Through Dunstable it's running reasonably well, and there are some short delays on the A418 this morning through Wing. It's looking a bit busy on the northbound side, really. Things looking pretty clear on the A1 as you come down toward the Black Cat roundabout. It's not as bad as some mornings, though you'll still find a bit of the usual queue approaching there coming down from Eaton Soken, and it's definitely slow as you make your way into London. Busy through Boreham Wood from Stirling Corner toward Apex Corner. Chilton, on the trains, we have disruption between Banbury and Birmingham Moor Street and Leamington Spa and Stratford-upon-Avon. They've got a broken down train between Leamington Spa and Hatton, mainly affecting northbound services. And they've got buses running from Leamington to Hatton. 40-minute delays and cancellations are to be expected through the affected area as well, meaning if you're making a long-distance journey with Chilton, you could well be affected. If you're going in toward London, the Bakerloo line, totally back to normal after a signal failure at Waterloo earlier this morning. And just looking at the M25, long delays through the roadworks section this morning, broken down vehicle between Enfield and Potter's Bar. It's slow back to Waltham Abbey. A lot of congestion there. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. it's Friday the 12th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. An Ipswich charity is warning Luton that there needs to be a more caring attitude towards Hightown's prostitutes if they're ever to be taken off the streets. The Mayor of Bedford is demanding answers about staffing levels at the town's hospital. In sport, England will resume day three of the first Ashes test against Australia at Trentbridge, 15 runs ahead of their opponents. Coming up, the Mayor of Bedford is calling for an emergency meeting after an independent review was launched into why junior doctors were removed from the hospital's paediatric unit. I'll have more before eight, but before that, let's get the weather with Elizabeth Rossini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, good morning. It's going to be a lovely sunny day again today. We do have a bit of cloud to clear away first in parts of Bedfordshire and Hertfordshire, um, but that cloud's slowly burning back. It's now reasonably sunny over Buckinghamshire already, and we'll see a very sunny afternoon. Just a light northerly breeze. Temperatures at the moment, well, they're slightly on the chilly side, actually, particularly over Buckinghamshire. We've got sort of eight, nine degrees at the moment, um, but those temperatures rising nicely in the sunshine will eventually get, I think, to uh, between 23, possibly as high as 25 degrees Celsius. A lovely day. Now, as we head into this evening and overnight, those temperatures are not going to drop much below 15 or 16 degrees in many of our towns, so it's going to feel really quite muggy and warm tonight, of course, staying dry. And then tomorrow, the hottest day of the year so far, there'll be lots of sunshine around. Temperatures squeaking quite close, I think, to 30 degrees, um, quite widely across the three counties. Do watch out for some sun thunderstorms we may well see one or two isolated thunderstorms here and there worth a 
mention, I think, because otherwise I'll start getting phone calls when we do get a thunderstorm. But I think for the most part, it is going to be dry and sunny. Your chances of seeing a thunderstorm quite low, but still it is a distinct possibility. Um, high levels of humidity tomorrow and also very high pollen levels and UV levels too. It will feel slightly cooler on Sunday, but the sunshine continues into next week. That's the forecast. Thank you very much. She's good, isn't she? If you've missed any of the programmes from the last week, you've missed things like this. As far as that woman's concerned, I agree with the previous call. She's the biggest racist I've ever met in my whole darn life. But there is a way you can hear it all again. You speak like a pig. Go to bbc.co.uk slash three counties and click on listen again. All of our programmes are available for seven days, allowing you to listen to what you missed. BBC.co.uk you're getting feisty on Facebook. I like that. I know if uh, you're angry, because you can tell by the number of um, comments on a Facebook page. Defending the towns. Let's pick some at random. Uh, Luton has so many positives, said D. I moved here from London a few years ago and have met some of the nicest people. My kids go to great schools and your town is what you make it. It's just a shame Luton is run by a bunch of incompetent idiots who spend money on things we don't really need and make cuts on essential services. Ruth says... Hi, Wickham is not rubbish. It was a furniture town. Huh? Has the famous caves museum, etc. It has lots of tourist attractions. Whoever compiled this list is not up with the real world. Slough and Luton are by far worse. Slough? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I was born and raised in Slough. <laughs> oh, hang on a second. Christina says, I think no one is defending Luton because recent topics on the show, like prostitution, gun crime, stabbings, oh, and the overspend on Love Luton, need I say more? And uh, one more entirely at random from Beverly. Um, No, Milton Keynes certainly is not a rubbish town. It is what you make it. There are good and bad parts in every place. We've lived in Bletchley nearly six years and love it. As someone else said in an earlier post, the only downside is we're about two uh, two or three hours from the coast. 08459 455 555. Now, a story that uh, we touched on yesterday. It's developing as uh, as we speak. The Mayor of Bedford is calling for an emergency meeting after an independent review was launched into why junior doctors were removed from the hospital's paediatric unit. In a statement, the Bedfordshire Hospital NHS Trust said, Without these junior doctors, who form a vital part of the medical workforce, the Trust cannot safely provide all paediatric services. They were withdrawn as there weren't enough consultants to supervise them. The hospital say next week they'll announce changes to how some of its children's services are delivered but haven't confirmed what they will be or when they'll come in. Well, the Mayor of Bedford, Dave Hodgson, is also on, uh, is also the Chair of the Health and Wellbeing Board, joins me now. Dave, what's your understanding of this current situation? Well, exactly as you said, Ian. I mean, they were waiting for clarity um, next week, and that's what we need. We need that clarity about the paediatrics. Why are they not telling us now? I don't know. I think they're trying to sort out in terms of covers for making sure they have the paediatric consultants in, um, but we wait for them to have the information. So I know that there's been, uh, not lack of cover, but there's been concern about the supervision of those doctors in training. Um, and that's why Health Education East of England and the General Medical Council have decided to withdraw the doctors because of the quality of the supervision. And so they're actually now trying to put in place other uh, uh, provisions in terms of getting other consultants in, and obviously finding them is not quick. But we need clarity and we need it quickly, and that's an absolute priority for the paediatric care in Bedford Hospital. Um, And we've been told we'll get that next week. We need it early next week because 
people, uh, parents with uh, sick children are, ang are anxious even at the best of times with this, uh, that's going to add to anxiety. Dave, just stay there for a second, because I'm just hearing we've had an update on this story literally in the last few minutes. Paul Scoynes, the uh, station's political reporter, joins me now. Paul, what have we got? OK, Ian, I'm looking at a, a letter which has been purportedly sent to us from a member of staff at Bedford Hospital. It is a letter which was sent to colleagues yesterday from Dr Paul Hassan, who is uh, from the Clinical Commissioning Group, uh, and it starts, I'm writing to inform you about a very, situ very serious situation that has arisen at Bedford Hospital. The letter goes on to say that, uh, you know, the, the concerns raised by junior doctors about the paediatric department uh, have, have been taken very seriously. Um, I'm just scanning through because we've only just received this in the last few minutes. This is a letter, this is a letter that actually Paul Hussain is ch uh, chair of the clinic and commissioning group, doesn't work at the hospital, and this is a letter to all GPs to inform them what's going on. Um, because obviously they refer patients to the hospital. So yeah, this is this is uh, fr not from someone at the hospital. Sent no. to us from someone who has received it. Are you aware of this letter, Dave? Um, I, I met Paul Hussain yesterday, and they they're waiting for clarity as well. This is to try and, and the basics of the letter are that um, we'll tell you more. And then if you go to the uh, the final paragraph, it says I'll keep you informed as soon as we learn more, which is exactly what I'm saying. The GPs don't know. You're, this is the letter the GPs got yesterday to tell them, because obviously the story broke in the press, that they'll keep them informed on how to actually get be kept up to date. Paul? There's a particular line here uh, which says the hospital cannot run a paediatric service without the trainees. Without paediatric cover, the hospital cannot maintain its current maternity service. It then goes on to say that as it stands, trainees will be drawn uh, with, with, will be withdrawn at very short notice and by the 31st of July at the latest. So as a result of that, all paediatric inpatient, outpatient and paediatric support A&E will cease from a date which has yet to be decided, but certainly by the 31st of July. So paediatric treatment will we'll yeah. cease. In a, meet in a meeting with Paul Hassan I had yesterday, what we were told, um, they, Paul has been told, the Dr Hassan has been told this, the, the hospital is looking to get um, extra consultants in. If nothing else changes, it would, ha it would cease. But they're looking to get other consultants in, locums, so that we can have, have some paediatric services. But we wait. I mean, the clear thing we need, and I think this conversation is showing that, is we need clarity between the hospital. We need clarity very quickly about what's going to happen. Once that's happened, the second thing, once we actually got that clarity about the services, we then have to know the extent to which services have been lost in Bedford now and have a clear plan to bring those back to, to Bedford at the highest level of quality and patient safety. Dave, as, as we're talking, Paul is, is scanning a bit more of this. Paul, you've highlighted something else. Yeah, we've I mean, literally just got this letter. This is why we've been a little bit in the vague last 10 on minutes this. or so. But the, 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 what it says here, Dave, is that there's no guarantee how long that hospital will sustain those, those extra sort of bought-in yeah. staff, if you like. Ab absolutely, and that is why we need the first thing is a clarity. Um, you can never know. I mean, you don't know how long you keep political editors, do you, uh, Paul? Um, so we've just got to keep, you know, we've got to keep that... All, all the thing mayor, is, the all, thing all is if, we, if, we, if we lost Paul Scoynes, the station would still be able to function pretty well. Yeah, I mean, and, no and, disrespect. Yeah, no, but no, we're no, losing, the, losing these, yeah, these doctors... Absolutely. And, it, and it's, it's also, th there will be people who are worried, people who have got kids in this hospital, people who are, whose kids are due to go up to the hospital. Why on earth are the hospital not being open about this? Yeah, and that's exactly what we need. We need, as I said earlier on, we need that clarity, and we need that clarity quickly. We need open transparency. Here's another bit of the letter I've just been uh, shown. Our concern is, this is from Dr Paul Hassan, our concern is that there is insufficient capacity at neighbouring hospitals to cope with an extra 60 births a week. Mm -hmm. 
As it stands, uh, trainees will be withdrawn. We just had that. There is insufficient capacity at neighbouring hospitals to cope with an extra 60 births a week. This is very, very serious, isn't it, Dave? Lives are potentially at risk. Absolutely, and that's why I say we need that clarity and we need that now. This has been, this was raised um, almost a week ago. By Monday, it will be, uh, be over a week. Um, and we're, we're still waiting. We're saying we'll be get clarification next week from the hospital. Well, that's actually for patients, the, pe- the parents of patients and for the youngsters themselves. That's not good enough. There is a line the hospital have said that in, within the press statement from the hospital, if people have concern, there's a number during a Bedford number, 730500, uh, if you have concerns. They've said in their statement yesterday that currently all planned paediatric appointments and clinics are going ahead as normal. Um, because the um, the Health Education East of England, the GMC, haven't removed those uh, doctors in training. And the concern was about the quality of their supervision. Um, and um, as you can imagine, that there's a lot of people in there making sure that that is working now. Um, but we need a, a longer-term plan, not just a day-by-day plan, and we need that, we need that now. I, I am disappointed in Bedford Hospital that they're being so vague. The last couple of statements Absolutely. they've sent out have been rubbish. The last no. one we got yesterday was, was to announce that they were going to make an announcement. That's right. Every statement we've had so far is wait for a further statement. You know, where's the clarity, where's the openings, where's the transparency? If they're having problems, let us know what the problems are so we're aware of those. It's worrying time, isn't it? it it's, if you've got children, it's worrying for me as mayor, it's worrying for the citizens, but if you've got children that are actually... Uh, having care or going to have care, it must be a, a horrible time. But make sure you contact that number because I think individual cases, um, I think when you talk to the, uh, the staff there, there will be care, they will know what they're doing, but in individual cases, we just need to know the generality. No. Uh, well, thank you very much for that, Dave. Paul Scoynes, thank you very much uh, for coming in. And uh, we were a little bit caught on the hoof there because this letter has literally just arrived, yeah, hasn't it? You've, you've just been scanning been it as we were sent talking. to us at Three Counties Radio this morning by a, a member of staff, certainly within the GP sort of community, it would seem. Yep. So uh, we'll, we'll have a look further into that. And we're going to—we're already trying to see if we can contact Dr Paul Hassan uh, and uh, to see if he might talk to us about his concerns too. Paul Scoynes, thank you very much. As, as always, excellent and uh, well delivered on the hoof. Uh, Mayor of Bedford, Dave Hodgson, Thank you very much. 08459 455 555. Well, it doesn't sound particularly good, does it? It's a little bit worrying. It's a little bit concerning. Other things we're talking about this morning. No one's been able to call up to teach me how to whistle. We can all do it, can't we? Can't we? But try, you tried teaching a three-and-a-half-year-old, as I have been for the last few weeks, how to whistle. I don't know how to... I can't describe how you do it. I need someone in the last hour of the show. How do I teach a child to whistle? How did you do it with your kids? Is there a trick, something I can say to them that will mean he'll get it? He was heartbroken the other day when I told him what he was doing. Who was not whistling. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise has a lane closed because of a broken down vehicle. This is in the roadworks between Enfield and Potter's Bar. Congestion back to Waltham Abbey. Anti-clockwise also slow from Chorleywood around to the M40 junction 18 to 16. The A10 in Chesant looking busy southbound as you come toward Winston Churchill Way and the A404 along Marlow Hill into High Wycombe is looking quite busy. The A1 as you make your way toward London. This is southbound through Boreham Wood and there's a little bit of a queue approaching Stirling Corner. If you're travelling by train this morning still disruption for Chilton if you're heading off toward the West Midlands. They're affected between Banbury and Birmingham Moor Street and Leamington Spa and Stratford-upon-Avon. It's all because of a broken down train between 
Leamington, Spa and Hatton. It's mainly affecting their northbound services and they've got buses out between Leamington and Hatton. Delays of up to 40 minutes and cancellations are to be expected for the time being. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. Speak to you in 15 minutes. Bedford, Milton Keynes, High Wycombe, Luton. Your towns are rubbish. That's not me saying that. That's according to a new book that's coming out. Well, can you phone up? Can you defend them? We'll speak to you after the news with Catherine. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, it's eight o'clock. The headlines. Charity says Luton prostitutes need care, not clamp down. Bedford Mayor demands hospital answers and fears hospitals are failing dementia patients. BBC Three Counties Radio. An Ipswich charity is warning there needs to be a more caring attitude towards High Town's prostitutes if they're ever to be taken off the streets of Luton. The drug charity Iceni has been advising the Borough Council using experience gained tackling the problem in Ipswich in the wake of the Suffolk Strangler murders. Luton's Head of Business and Community Services is Laura Church. She told the council's taking a well-rounded approach. On-street sex trade is a business, so we've got to disrupt that business. We need to support the women to exit. Some of these women are vulnerable victims and we need to ensure that they are being supported. We need to tackle the residents' concerns and talk to them. The needs of the residents is fundamental to the overall vision. The Mayor of Bedford is demanding answers from the town's hospital over the removal of junior doctors from its paediatric unit. There are fears that children's services at the hospital could cease altogether. An independent review has already been launched. Lorna Hankin has more. The trainees were removed because there were not enough consultants there to supervise them. Now Dave Hodgson, who also chairs the Health and Wellbeing Board, says clarity from the hospital is needed to reassure the public. The hospital say it's business as usual, but next week will announce changes to how some of its children's services are delivered. The mayor will meet with them on Thursday. A military funeral will be held today for Fusilier Lee Rigby, who was killed in Woolwich in May. The service will be relayed on loudspeakers so it can be heard by members of the public. Many NHS hospitals in England and Wales are still failing to carry out vital checks on patients with dementia. That's according to a new report. Here's our health correspondent, Adam Brimelow. One in four patients staying in hospital has dementia and the figure's rising. Improving dementia care is a high priority for the NHS. But this audit, taking in data from more than 200 hospitals and nearly 8,000 patients with dementia, suggests many places are falling short. Fewer than half the patients were checked for signs of delirium such as confusion or agitation. Half weren't assessed for the severity of their dementia. But the audit found their overall care had improved on the previous year, including a 10% drop in use of antipsychotic drugs, often referred to as the chemical kosh. More than half a million pounds is being spent on a revamp for Oxy Park in Watford. Work to resurface all its footpaths is underway, including new fencing, seats and trees. In sport, England will resume this morning on day three of the first Ashes test with a 15-run lead with eight second-innings wickets remaining. Australia finished their second innings with a lead of 65, thanks largely to Ashton Agar, who scored a record 98 runs for a number 11 in test cricket. The weather today, very warm and sunny once this early morning cloud's broken. Top temperature today, 25 degrees Celsius, that's 70. Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sports online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Three minutes past eight. It's fr- I just had a look out the window. It's really grey out there. It's horrible. 
I was expecting bright sunshine, a little bit of Beach Boys in the car. I've got to drive up to Birmingham today. It's flipping miserable out there. I might as well play some Nick Drake or something. Well, I'm here until 9 o'clock, then JVS takes over. He'll be in in about 12 minutes or so to tell us what's coming up on his show. But between now and 9, if you live in Milton Keynes, Bedford, High Wycombe or Luton, you live in a rubbish town. You live in a rubbish town. Or do you? Can you phone up and defend this slur? Well, maybe you agree. We have one caller. He's lived in Luton for 20 years. He hates it. Thinks it's the worst place in the country. Annoying neighbours. Have you got them? How did you deal with them? Or were they just too intimidating? Maybe you even moved as a result. And at some point this weekend, I plan to sit down with my three-and-a-half-year-old boy and teach him how to whistle. I'm a good whistler. I can do the melodic whistle. I can do the loud yobby whistle. But how on earth do I teach a child to do it? Do need your tips, please, mums and dads, grandparents. 08459 455 555. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Put your name on it, otherwise it doesn't get read out. Or you can go to facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. You can also send me an email, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. Now, it's going to take five years to stop street prostitution in Luton. That's according to a special board of authorities in the town. A new strategy to clear up the high town area began this week. And a local dispersal order and a zero-tolerance approach to curb crawling begins on Monday. Wendy Walker is a resident of high town and she says her life is a nightmare. Um, they, it, it's a 24-7 thing. It doesn't happen in the day or night. It's round the clock. And, you know, even as old as I am, men accost me and ask me how much I charge. Women nine months pregnant get asked, are they doing business? If you dare to wait for a taxi on the wall, you get a boy who could possibly be your grandson drive up and say, how much do you charge, love? Well, lots of different opinions on this. Let me just pick a text at random. Jeff uh, has texted in. Backstreet abortion was dealt with by legalisation through Parliament and consensual adult relations should follow the same route to bring us up to Germany's modern and enlightened standard of rational liberality. Legalising prostitution, is that the way forward? 08459 455 555. Well, Liz Hassan was leader of Ipswich Borough Council at the time of the Suffolk murders. She was also a trustee of the Somebody's Daughter Fund, set up to support women who work as prostitutes after the incidents. Liz, without going into too much graphic detail, because it was a particularly grisly uh, uh, set of events, can you just remind people what the, the Suffolk murders were? Yes, it was five girls, um, um, all working on the streets, all addicted to cost A drugs, heroin in particular. And um, as you know, they were murdered uh, by Steve Wright. And we had to do something about it. We couldn't take a laid-back attitude to it. It had to be sorted out. And um, when we talked yesterday, I was telling um, your researcher that how how we actually um, set up case studies on all the girls that were on the streets and known to us to be street workers. You know, some um, street workers dip in and out. If you want a new settee, they may go out and earn a couple of hundred quid on one night and then not be seen again. Um, and isn't that sad? And students are also um, victims of street prostitution because they're hard up. So we have to look at all that, and that's what 
I'm sure you've been told in Luton has to be done. So what exactly did you do then, Liz, well, to, to, to the stop agencies, this prostitution? Well, I mean, it was devastating, to be honest, and the agencies had to join together. So both um, authorities, the local and the county, came together, and all the um, other agencies as well, outreach workers, everybody. We um, created, and I think you're doing this, a five-year plan as to how to deal with it. Um, uh, the police instigated zero tolerance for curb crawlers and actually in my opinion that may not be the expert's opinion that was one of the uh, things that worked the best because it took away the girl's clients um, and by zero tolerance what do you mean that they, they were uh, cautioned on the first they were bunged in prison we straight had, away what um, happened we had ampr um, installed, which um, the government gave us a grant, and that's how Steve Wright was called, if you remember. Yes. Um, and um, it was installed, and whoever it was, it didn't matter how high and mighty they might have been, um, they were written to immediately with a, a attached photograph of their car crawling along the uh, Portman Road area. Um, if they were seen again, um, then we took them to court. How long did it take to I I eradicate the problem? Oh, it's difficult to say, because even when the girls were being murdered, girls were still going out on the street. Mm. I mean, it's almost unbelievable, isn't it? Mm. Um, so the reason I ask is you mentioned the five-year plan, and that, that is what's, what's in place uh, in Luton. So I know that some of the residents uh, feel that that's too long, that that's, that's unfair on them having to put up with, with being hassled I in the street. Think they will have to put it up with it for five years, right. because I think it's a gradual process. And, you know, I recommend that the administration in the borough council looks at trying to house some of these girls, because some of them live in appalling conditions with pimps, you know, and this is why these case studies reveal all that. And so I would suggest they take a very positive attitude. And talking to your research yesterday, I explained about environmental um, improvements to the areas that the girls um, street walk in, which is um, gating off these horrible dark alleyways, cutting back bushes, um, actually putting in the resources that every day everything is cleaned up because why should the residents put up with it and um, we formed a uh, i think you had a public meeting didn't you yes there was yeah last um, night because we've got it uh, running on radio suffolk about it um and we put in a, a residence um meetings and we didn't just have the local councillors there we had the cabinet member from the county there adult care, children and young people, and we had the portfolio holder on the borough there, and we made it, we had um, outreach workers there, we made the residents know exactly what was going on, so there was no doubt in their minds that it was being taken seriously. There'll be lots of people, Liz, who, the residents, who are very angry that this has been going on for a long time, and they are angry with the women who are working as, as yes. prostitutes, they are angry with them, and they want those women punished. Should we be trying to change that attitude, or do you have some empathy for them? Well, I understand how they feel, because, you know, with us in Ipswich, it, it moved from a, a road which was predominantly commercial into the residential area, where people had paid an awful lot for their houses, and, you know, they were pretty fed up with it, and, of course, they're going to be cross with these girls, because you are actually dealing with some very, very challenging people. You know, they're not... Um, they're not just your normal schoolgirl that goes off the rails a bit. They are in deep, deep trouble, but they are somebody's daughter. And we have to be humane. And I think if you can 
get that message across. And at the same time, I mean, they do go into prison, these girls. They're in and out of prison the whole time, which actually I'm not sure actually helps them. An institution is much better where they can, you know, rehab, really. And I think all governments have been very slow in bringing forward more uh, rehabilitation centres. And I know, you know, in Ipswich we have a, a group of people through the churches that are actually building um, a rehabilitation centre, which is marvellous. But in my considered opinion, it shouldn't be done by um, the man in the street. It should have been something the government were prepared to um, sponsor and fund. But there you are. What's life like where you are now, Liz? Has it improved? Uh, we haven't got any street workers. Um, that, that's for certain. It has moved on. But believe me, it's moved on to other places. Well, this is this again. I was going to. Um, it's interesting you mentioned that because that is the worry. You 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 clear one area of town, it moves on somewhere we else. We always thought this would happen. We said, oh, you know, just what you're saying in Luton. Move it off Portman Road near the football club, and it'll move you know onto an industrial estate. Well, actually, that didn't happen. But I suspect it's gone underground, and I was listening, I think you've had Brian Tobin and various people on your radio programme, and obviously that is where they're targeting um, their resources now, uh, because in some ways they're hidden, aren't they? Mm. And you don't know what's going on in that... Liz, it's, 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 a, it's, a bleak, uh, it's a bleak story. There is some potential light at the end of a very long tunnel. Thank you very much indeed. That's Liz Harson, uh, leader of Ipswich, or was, sorry, leader of Ipswich Borough Council at the time of the Suffolk murders. 08459 455 555. How on earth do you tackle it? Five-year plan. Do you agree with Jeff? We should just legalise it. Is that the way? There's talk of that, isn't it? Everyone's always talking about the possibility uh, uh, of that. But it, would that really work? Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. I didn't get to do the last three papers because um, Justin Dealey was, was having a little bit of a hissy fit. Did you hear that? It was embarrassing. It was all kicking off. He got quite angry that I wanted to do the papers. And not go to here. Well, okay, we'll do the, do the last few papers now. Daily Express, 95 degrees, deadly heat wave. They're still doing Fahrenheit. I thought that was illegal. Health experts warn, stay cool this weekend. Oh, thanks, health experts. So hang on, when it's really, really hot, we are supposed to, what, stay cool? That's according to the health experts. Britain was last night put on a heat wave health alert for the weekend over fierce temperatures of 95 degrees Fahrenheit could put hundreds of lives at risk. The scorching temperature prompted the Met Office to issue a, issue a level two health alert amid fears that if the weekend's heat wave follows previous ones, up to 500 people could die. The Daily Mail, one billion pounds credit card spree by civil servants. Civil servants put 1.1 billion pounds on taxpayer funded credit cards despite last year's uh, pledge by David Cameron to curb their use. Oh, can I get one of those credit cards, please? And there's a picture of Zara Phillips. Who I've got a soft spot for. She's got quite a big nose. And I like that. I like a slight, a slight hook nose and a slight wonky eye. Little gap in the teeth. The imperfections that make the beauty. I just made that up. You can have that. Uh, and the sun. Uh, there's an old woman with no clothes on. A milkman banned from whistling. A cheery milkman hit out last night after he was banned from whistling on his round. Kevin Gifford, 52, was given a formal warning by dairy bosses after a handful of complaints, a handful of residents in Leicester complained. Well, big fan of the whistling. Can you teach me how to teach my child to whistle? 08459 455 555 815. Travel news now. Here's Adam. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
So far this morning, looking slowest on the M25, anti-clockwise through the roadworks, there's a broken down vehicle between Enfield and Potter's Bar, junctions 25 and 24, so that's not really helping things much. Congestion back to Waltham Abbey at junction 26. It's also slow in patches from junction 18 at Chorleywood round to 16 at the M40, and the clockwise section into the roadworks is looking quite busy as well. The A10 through Chesant, southbound, a bit of a queue coming toward Winston Churchill Way. Looking a little bit slow on the A1, mainly as you go into London. Boreham at Stirling Corner. It's looking better than usual from Eaton Soken down toward the Black Cat Roundabout, and for the moment the A1M is looking completely clear. On the trains, delays are possible for Chilton. They're running with disruption between Banbury and Birmingham Moor Street and Leamington Spa and Stratford-upon-Avon because of a broken down train between Leamington Spa and Hatton. So it's affecting people heading off toward the West Midlands this morning. Mostly they're northbound services and they've got buses running between Leamington and Hatton. Delays are up to 40 minutes and some cancellations are to be expected. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, thank you very much. Right, it's 8.16, it's Friday the 12th of July. I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. An Ipswich charity is warning there needs to be a more caring attitude towards Hightown's prostitutes if they're ever to be taken off the streets of Luton. The Mayor of Bedford is demanding answers from the town's hospital amid fears the removal of junior doctors could be the beginning of the end for its paediatric unit. In sport, England have asked the ICC for clarification after the controversial umpiring decision that saw Jonathan Trott dismissed for a golden duck on day two of the first Ashes test. Weather today for beds, hearts and bucks. Warm, sunny once the early morning cloud breaks. Top temperature of 25 degrees. Coming up, a private military funeral will be held in Lancashire today for Fusilier Lee Rigby. Before 8.30, we'll speak to Akbar Dad Khan from Building Bridges in Luton about the reaction uh, to, of the Islamic community to events in Woolwich. If you want to have your say, 0845 BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday from 12, Nick Coffer brings you Great Guests. Julian Clary. Welcome to BBC Three Counties Radio. Legendary Genesis guitarist Steve Hackett. Super Tramp frontman Roger Hodgson. Carol Decker of Tapau fame joins me now. Great Conversations. China in Your Hand is about the fragility of your dreams and that you should be careful what you wish for. Something very addictive about making people laugh is standing on stage and every few seconds getting that hit of a, of a laugh. Nick Coffer. Weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. He's got a jumper on. That must mean it's autumn. Autumn is upon us. No, uh, what it means is this building is overly air-conditioned. <laughs> I like it chilly. Oh, I hate it. I like it because I, I used to a late-night show and now doing this morning show. I like it chilly because it keeps me alert, stops me getting a little bit sluggish and lethargic, keeps me on my toes, keeps my mind focused. No, you see, what happens with me is when I get cold, yep. I get grumpy. Yes. Uh, it doesn't take a lot to get me grumpy. <laughs> but when I am grumpy, I then take it out on the listeners. So it's best if generally I'm kept at an ambient temperature. <laughs> I like it when you're grumpy, though. Do you? I do. I get a thrill out of it because I know you don't put it on. Some presenters, you know, you no. listening, you know, oh, he's, he's playing, you know, he's playing the game there and he's winding up. But when you're grumpy on air, you're grumpy in real life. Yeah, yeah. And I'm it's not, a joy. I've, I've got a face on me normally. <laughs> That's the reality. It's wonderful to hear. It's absolutely wonderful to hear. I'm trying to... So the reason I'm, I'm speaking slowly is I'm trying to remember... <laughs> I was going to say, this is clearly thinking time. What's going on? I'm trying to remember a story that I've been following on your um, uh, Consumer Hour, and I've lost track. Give me some of your big hits recently. What have you had? Uh, we had... The Fat Man on the Bed. That was good. That's sorted. 
That's sorted. Right. He's get, they're, they're building a special bed for him. Great, great news. They are. He wins. Right. That was the, that was a story, wasn't it? I didn't dream that. Well, yes. Yes. Um, what else have you else had have recently? You had? We've had uh, Iris in her shed. Iris in her shed. She'll she'll be on later on this morning. Okay. Iris, pay up, Iris. That's what you need to do. Pay up. <laughs> yes. Pay up, and they'll come and build it. Yes. Well, she's paid up now. Good for her. So are they going to build her shed? Yeah. We'll find out. They she will. Wants, she wants to put buckets in there, ironing boards, and ironing boards, and potentially somebody. <laughs> I think that you and her, because you, you, you two have been hilarious. Do you don't want to put any bodies in there, do you, Iris? No, not at the moment. You two should have a Sunday morning show. You reckon? I would love that. I'd listen to that. Okay. Or get rid of Tim. You know, I'm just, you know, we've lost... <laughs> Replace Tim We've lost Nanny Iris. Eileen. We've lost Nanny Eileen. You what can lose Tim. What have you done Tim. to Nanny Eileen? I don't know. Oh, Nanny Eileen. She was my favourite part of your show. She was the only part of the show that I listened to. <laughs> and Kelly Betts, find her up yesterday. So you're right to come on tomorrow, Nanny Eileen? No, I don't think I'll be doing it anymore. Oh... I think it may have been Barry from Watford. Was who, it the uh, sexual tension between her and Barry from Watford last week? It could have been. It could have been. And oh, uh, so it's disappointing. Very, very poor. I still can't think of the story that's been obsessing me on your... Yeah, might, it will come to you. I'm sure I'll get a text from you later saying, I remember what it was. Yeah. And then we'll have our own private conversation. Oh, yeah, we could do this privately. Yeah. I mention you in this week's Radio Times. What? Yeah, yeah. I say you need to buck your ideas up oh. if you want to be any good at radio. No, don't be brute. No, I said I think you're brilliant. Oh. It's posted up on the kitchen in the uh, Three Counties uh, Luxury Canteen. I'm going to go up and have a look. Go up and have a look. I say nice things about you. This will explode my ego before yeah. nine. You see, I quite like you. Uh, my mate, my mate fancies you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that? My mate fancies you. Yeah. Who is it? By the way, talking of uh, of childhood. Yes. It's Brian Kent's 80th birthday today. Happy, I know. I, yes, Happy I saw that. Happy birthday, Brian Kent. Do you remember Dapple Down Farm? Do you used to watch Dapple Down? Don't remember Farm? that. I oh. remember P L A Y. Play away, way away, way away, way away, way away, way away. Trumpton. Yes. Well, didn't Brian Brian Kent used to do Trumpton? Brick and brack. Hang on a minute. Are we doing children's programmes from the 70s? I think we Next might. Next we'll be doing a phoning on legalising cannabis and spangles. What have you got on your show? Coming up on the big phone in this morning, has the rubbish town book got it right about beds, hearts and bucks? I know you've been talking about this this morning. Five towns in beds, hearts and bucks. They're listed in the 50 worst towns in the whole of the UK. Wow. Bedford, Hatfield, High Wycombe, Luton and Milton Keynes. They all feature in the list which was published this year. Well, I want to hear from you this morning from Nine. Has this book got it right? Do you think those towns are pretty much the worst towns in Beds, Hearts and Bucks? Or is it very unfair? Perhaps you think there are one or two that have been missed out. Perhaps you feel there are some places... I have to be honest, there are one or two places on that list that I think... Oh, hang on a minute. Why have you not included there? If you're going to talk yep. about these other places... Also, I have to be honest, yep. I think this is all rather unfair. Go on. I think this book... I think they need to shut their faces. Sorry? Because... But you, censor. Well, no, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Every single town has its ropey areas. Every single town has different... But why are you shaking your head? Uh, I was recently in Windsor. Nothing ropey about Windsor. No? No, beautiful. Every part of it. I well, could admit- happily live there. Admittedly, I've only ever been to Windsor to, to go and visit Her Majesty. Um, but I tell you what does irritate me about Windsor. What, what's she in? The price of the car parks. Oh, it's disgusting. It, it's a little bit pricey. Yes, it can be a little bit pricey. Yes, OK. You know, that's not so much of a problem in, in Bedford, Hatfield, High Wycombe, Luton and Milton no. Keynes. No. Even though they are all charging in their car parks. Well, from nine this morning, I want to hear your views. These places, are they all the worst towns? And if they are, why are they the worst towns? And 
do you think it's rather unfair that this book, year after year, goes... I mean, Luton's in there every year. Yeah. Well, there are some nice parts of Luton, some beautiful leafy parts of Luton. Some very nice parts. Some beautiful people who live in Luton as well. There are, no, there are. No, I know. I, yes, that was my nodding face. Did it not look like that? So, from nine this morning, has the Rubbish Town book got it right about beds, hearts and bucks? I want your views on this morning's big phone-in. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. You can give us a call, 08459 455 555. Now, big story on the front page of some of the newspapers. Yesterday, hundreds of people lined the streets of Bury in Greater Manchester as... Uh, oh, look, I've, I do apologise. I've skipped a, a little line there. Let me go there. Private military funeral will be held in Lancashire today for Fusilier Lee Rigby, the soldier murdered outside his barracks in London in May. Yesterday, hundreds of people lined the streets of Bury in Greater Manchester as his coffin was transported to the garrison church of the Royal Regiment of Fusiliers, where soldiers have been keeping a guard of honour overnight. Fusilier Rigby's widow, Rebecca, said she was grateful for all the support the family had received but hoped people would respect their privacy today. I'd like the cemetery today to be a family time, a private time for us to be able to say our goodbyes to our husband the dad, the son the brother we need time in private as a family to do that and I'd like it if People could please respect them. The family of Fusilier Lee Rigby, who was murdered in a street attack in Woolwich, have thanked the public for their overwhelming support and say his death has united the country. The two men accused of Lee Rigby's murder will stand trial in November. Well, British mosques across the country are also paying tribute to Lee Rigby today. Akbar Dad Khan is from Building Bridges in Luton, an Islamic organisation working for better relations between different faiths. Nice to meet you, sir. Thank you for coming in. How will today be marked by the Islamic community? Well, the Islamic community has been very vocal, uh, and rightly so, in disassociated itself from from this criminal act uh, which has taken away uh, a decent uh, man Lee Rigby and our thoughts uh, have always been with uh, the family and the friends of uh, Lee Rigby and will remain with the the family and uh, we have uh, gone out uh, and the the religious leadership and the and the civil uh, the cultural leadership of the community have uh, have made it uh, a, a a business of theirs that uh, um, everything is said uh, about Lee Rigby in the way that uh, um, which ref- which reflect the views and the feelings of the community in general and uh, and the sermons have been delivered at mosques um, and the death has been discussed in a positive way at uh, at various events and uh, uh, the the criminality has been condemned by so it has been mentioned we, we can't dwell too specifically on the events because there is a court case uh, ensuing but when events like like this that, that happen uh, uh, that are allegedly linked to to uh, to, to Islam, they are discussed in mosques. Aren't they they? Are, they it's, are. it's been a long time since I've been to a mosque, so I, I'm not quite I'm a bit hazy on what happens. Oh, it, 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 it is. We are part of the same pool of humanity um, which everybody else is, and all these sad news and sad effect affect all of us. And Muslim community is no exception. And uh, uh, when their faith is brought into into discussion. Uh, uh, 
over these kind of incidents then the community becomes alerted and and uh, uh, makes every effort to to dispel the 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 myth that the the religion itself has got anything to do with the, any kind of criminality it's frustrating because some people just won't listen and they uh they read the stories in the newspapers of, mm. of horrific events yeah. uh, you know supposedly in the name of islam and they they assume that every muslim is like that every muslim supports it, that that must be frustrating for you it, it is it is and here uh, there lies a big responsibility with the media outlets they they, they are the mass communicators and if they if they can decide to ignore um, the the voices of extremism from from whichever corner they are coming from i think the people will be best best served and and the family would be best served and community relations would be best served and it it becomes very very difficult for um, organizations like ourselves and other organizations who want who want everybody to live in peace and harmony and uh, want to promote uh, community good community relations uh, in in this town and all over the country finally we've we've heard a lot of stories in the last few weeks since uh, the the attack on Lee Rigby uh, of uh, revenge in inverted commas attacks uh, on mosques have you encountered any any of that yes well, there has been uh, incidents here and there um, but uh, hopefully we have a dedicated uh, um, and impartial police force in this country and uh, um, they are they are fully aware of the situation and they are keeping an eye on on the whole situation all over the country and uh, hopefully uh, law and order will be maintained and uh, and those people who have committed whatever kind of offense will be prosecuted uh, um, in 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 a fullest way akbar dakar from building bridges thank you very much for coming in this morning oh eight five nine four double five five double five Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still delays on the M25 through the roadworks section. Anti-clockwise is looking particularly slow. You've got a lane closed off because of a broken down vehicle between Enfield and Potter's Bar with congestion back to Waltham Abbey. Slow clockwise through the roadworks section as well. And if you're going a bit further anti-clockwise, it's heavy from Chorleywood round to the M40. Routes into London not looking too bad on the M1. The A1 slow though through Boreham Wood as you come towards Stirling Corner. It's also starting to busy up at the other end of the A1 near to the Black Cat Roundabout as you come through Roxton and head for the Great Barford Bypass. Along the A421 though and into Bedford, things are moving quite well. The A10 running nicely until you get to Chesant where there's a short queue southbound around the Winston Churchill Way. Busy in High Wycombe, the A404 in particular along Marlow Hill. On the trains you still have disruption for Chilton as you head off toward the Midlands. Disruption Banbury to Birmingham Moor Street and Leamington Spa to Stratford-upon-Avon because of a broken down train between Leamington Spa and Hatton. It's mainly affecting their northbound services. Buses run Leamington to Hatton. 40 minute delays in Kansas cancellations are possible. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 8.30 News and Sport now. Here's Catherine Boyle. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Headlines and Ipswich charities warning there needs to be a more caring attitude towards High Town's prostitutes if they're ever to be taken off the streets of Luton. The Mayor of Bedford is demanding answers from the town's hospital amid fears the removal of junior doctors could be the beginning of the end for its paediatric unit. And a private military funeral will be held today for Fusilier Lee Rigby, who was killed in Woolwich in May. 
Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Ashton Agar's 98, a record score for number 11 in Test cricket, has given Australia hope of winning the first Ashes Test against England at Trent Bridge. The tourists are looking to set a record to record a low first innings total before Agar and Philip Hughes, who finished on 81 not out, put on 163 for the final wicket. England ended the day 15 runs in front with eight second innings wickets remaining and bowler Jimmy Anderson admits they didn't bowl well enough at the 19-year-old debutant. We're all for technology because it, since it's come in, um, more decisions are given out correctly than are wrongly. So from our point of view we want it whatever's gone on today obviously is a couple of talking points but on the whole we're happy to have it in football, England's women play their first match at the European Championships tonight in Sweden when they take on Spain. Aylesbury's Ellen White and Watford's Kelly Smith could feature. Luton Town return from their pre-season training camp in Portugal today with Hatters playing their first pre-season game tomorrow at Boreham Wood. And in cycling, the head of World Cycling's governing body, Pat McQuaid, has told the BBC it was a mistake to accept a donation from Lance Armstrong. The UCI received a $125,000 from the American in the 2002 but said in 2010 that it was not part of a cover-up into drug use in the sport. And that's your latest news in sport. I'll be back with more at nine o'clock. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Singing along there like it was good. Yeah. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Don't forget, a new podcast comes out today. They come out about one o'clock, half one, something like that. It's a corker this week. Laughter and tears. Comedy and tragedy, both are covered. Um, and uh, probably a little bit of Justin Daly will pop up in there as well, but not this bit. Uh, Justin? Hello, Ian. You all right? Yes, I'm fine. Yourself, sir? Uh, yeah. You all right, boss? <laughs> I'm fine. Why have you just turned into Norman Wisdom all of a sudden? Oh, oh hang on a second. Oh, hang on. That was okay. There you go. Where are you? I'm on a farm. Are you? Uh, yes. How <laughs> <laughs> random is this? Come on. On the front page of The Sun today, they're talking yes. about a milkman who's been banned from whistling. He's been causing right. problems. You, of course, you want to teach your boys how to whistle this weekend. Yeah, well, Sunday is teaching the eldest boy to whistle day. But that's great. Why are you on a farm? Well, I've been looking for a milkman this morning. I've been driving around for an hour. I could not find a milkman. So what I've done, I've come to a farm and I've found a farmer who's got lots of cows and he can whistle. How great is that? No, 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 no. You were asked. This is, is he taking the mic? You were asked to find a milkman, not a man that owes cows. Yeah, Tell it, cow, to shut up. <laughs> Behave yourself. Thank you. You were specific. The story, the front page of a story, know, is not a milkman. Milkman banned from whistling. Not man who owns cows is banned from whistling. Well, you tell me then. You get your listeners to phone in right now and name me a milkman who is still working in Lucerne at this time. They've all gone home by six o'clock in the morning. How, how could I achieve that? I thought, if I can't find a milkman, I need to find somebody... Who owns who cows. Yeah, exactly. Cows have just gone to the blooming corner shop because of the boat there that sells milk. Or gone to, to some woman because she has milk in her tea. Listen, do you want top tips for your kids this weekend or not? Go on then, what you okay. got? I've got Jimmy Spears with me. Jimmy, good morning. You're live across Bed Arts and Bucks. How old are you? 22. Young for a farmer, aren't you? Yeah, quite young, yeah. 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 So how many cows have we got here then? Uh, there's about 20 in this field, something like that. But now, when you whistle, they all come to you, don't they? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, they do, yeah. I've sort of trained them. I feed them a little bit and whistle and they all run over. Because a few moments ago when you were whistling, they were miles away. Suddenly yeah. they're all here. Uh, they're surrounding us. They're quite scary, actually, aren't they, these cows? No, they're friendly. They're lovely cows. They're fine. The yeah. bull's a bit scary. Yeah. <laughs> it looks a bit scary. I'm going to stand back, talking about whistling today. Yeah. Give us your cow whistle, which attracts all the cows. 
look at their faces. Wow, they look a bit scared. Now, Ian this weekend... Good morning. Uh, Ian this weekend is going to be teaching his kids how to whistle. Yeah. What's your top tip for Ian Lee? So if you want to whistle like I just whistled, basically I make an OK symbol with my hand and then put it on the middle of my tongue, so the O is on the middle of my tongue, huh? and then just blow and it... Hang on, he puts an O, so he does the OK with the, the thumb and the, the forefinger and puts it on his... On his tongue! On his tongue! again, because Ian back in the studio is... <laughs> he's a bit scared. Yeah. OK, so once again. OK, so Ian, make an OK with your hand. Yes. Like an OK symbol. Yep. And then put the... The, the the thumb and the the index finger on the middle of your tongue. Oh, I see. So you're turning it. Okay. And then, then you can blow with it. Yeah. See, I can I can do that, but I'm I'm worried that's going to be too complicated to teach to a three year old. What I'm going to do, Ian? Yes. I'm actually going to record a video of this in a second. I'm going to bring it back for you. Then you've got all of the instructions you need to teach your kids this weekend. I'm going to stand back once again. Jimmy, come on. The airwaves are yours. <laughs> How fantastic is that? You see. Just when you thought I couldn't find a milkman and I'd failed, there you go. Well, Live on a farm with somebody who can whistle, you can attract all these beautiful cows. You <laughs> right? That oh, shut up! That that you, that piece you've just done there, Justin. That's two of my favourite lines. Yeah. Attract all these beautiful cows and <laughs> twenty-two. That's young for a farmer. <laughs> <laughs> Anything happens on your show. Yeah, Justin, thank you very much. See yeah, you later on. You. Bye. Uh, the, the, one of the reasons I'm chuckling is because... Well, but Paul Scoynes, please go and take that microphone over there next to uh, next to Ollie. Hello. Paul Scoynes, political reporter. You've done some cracking work today, some absolutely cracking work. The question I have to mm. ask you is, why are you dressed as a Frenchman? Ah, well, I'm glad you've, uh, you've noticed that it is a Frenchman. Um, I'm going to a Frenchman-themed party. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? It's, it's, it's a kids' party. Um, I've been, you know, wife and I have been invited. So it's a kids' party. Kids are having racist parties these days. Is it racist? Yeah, it's just a Parisian-themed party. It's, it's, so you've. Ster- I, I will describe it, dear, dear listener. The only thing that's missing is the string of onions and the bicycle. That's coming tomorrow. Is it really? Yes. No. <laughs> He's wearing a striped jersey, Where? a beret, D'accord. and he has a slightly sexist, gormless look on his face. Malheureusement. Uh, these are just three French words I know. How old are these kids? They're nine. I'm, I'm debating whether or not it's appropriate to have a glass of wine and a cigarette. <laughs> I don't even smoke. <laughs> is that, is that... Are we allowed to put a picture of that on Facebook? I believe it's already happened. <laughs> Thank you, Paul Scoynes. There we go. Facebook... <laughs> I turned around in the studio next to me. It's quite simply one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. But he looks good. He does look French. He does look very, very French. Partly because his flies are undone as well. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3TR. That picture will be up there in the next few minutes. We're having far too much fun for an early morning radio show. Um, we're talking about rubbish towns. The, the, there is a book. Well, it, it's been out before. It's coming out again. Bedford, Milton Keynes, High Wycombe, Luton. You're all rubbish, according to this book. Jennifer's uh, in Luton. Morning, Jennifer. Good morning, Jennifer. Have you, are you have you called in to defend your town? No. Oh. No, I haven't. Oh, well, I, I wouldn't call it my town, to be honest. Well, you li- you live in it, Jennifer. I'm afraid I have to give you that mantle. Tell me about <laughs> your, tell me about your relationship with Luton. When did you move there? Uh, two years ago, we moved up from London. Um, my partner and I both still work in London. Yeah. Um, where where were you living in London? In Clapham. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, Clapham's not Clapham's not brilliant. Okay, but yes. It's quite nice. Yeah. Well, no, nice it's not. Luton. Oh, you, well, <laughs> that is uh, yes. So you moved to Luton. Why did you choose Luton? 
Um, because it's got really good commuter links, transport links into London, and because the houses are cheap. Yeah, OK. So you, you moved to Luton two years ago. Uh, w- w- at what point did you realise that maybe it wasn't for you? Um, I, I think it, it's fine for couples. We've had a, a baby, um, she's eight and a half months old now. It's, it's really not a family-friendly place. In what um, way is it not family-friendly? Well, it's quite dangerous. How many shootings so far this year? Eleven, is it? Um, apart, from, did... apart from the shootings, <laughs> in what way is it not family? No, I take your point. There have been a few, although there's been yeah, a lot of crackdowns uh, on that. We, live, we live quite centrally, um, so we're, you know, we're, we're a short walk to the train station, about, about between five and ten minutes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you get a lot of people walking around drunk. Um, you get a lot of people shouting. It's, it's quite an intimidating place. I wouldn't want to walk around here alone at night, certainly. Mm. Um, but the shooting that happened on Wellington Street, my mum was actually with my daughter in her pram when that happened. Oh, dear, oh, dear, um, oh dear. It's, it, it's just not a nice place. It's pretty grim. The, you know, the town centre, it's got shops that you absolutely need. But I don't think anybody would choose to live here. Very few people, anyway. Um, and I think it could be lovely. The reason we moved is because the Love Luton campaign was going on at that time and the, the bid for city status. And we thought, hey, you know, this is the, the place that's affordable for commuters. Perhaps it'll boom. You know, we'll buy here, we'll stay there for five years, and we'll, um, you know, it will improve. Um, and it just hasn't happened. Um, it just seems like working people who are trying to raise a family are constantly penalised by the council. Um, we've got very little parking here. We're on Hastings Street, like um, well, along with the studio, and I'm sure you're aware that parking around here is a nightmare. Mm. Um, the, the residence parking permit has more than doubled this year in cost, and um, the council. There's where I just I can hardly ever park outside my house. Um, whenever we ring up about anything, any kind of service from the council, they're rude, um, they're obstructive, they're dismissive, and it's expensive. Um, so you're never going to get people who want to come here and stay. So you're going to um, move. You're going to move back to London, are you? No, no, we can't afford to do that now. Right. Um, no, we, we're not sure what, what we're going to do yet. But I just wanted to ring up and say, look, Luton could be really nice. It could be a great little town. It, it's got that potential, particularly with the excellent transport links. Um, but the crime rate is really bad. Um, it's not an attractive place. Um, and antisocial behaviour is a real, real issue. We had real problems with our neighbours. We, we reported them to the council. They were running a brothel and a drug den next door to us. Oh, my goodness. Um, Look at you ticking both council- boxes. We're doing bad neighbours. They had a brothel and a drugs den. Yeah, and the, the police knew, the council knew, and it took us five months to get them kicked out. They were yeah. incredibly noisy. My, I couldn't get my daughter into any kind of routine because no. of the noise. Yeah. Um, and I just... I hope that somebody from the council is listening because I think there are an awful lot of people like my family who would come and live here um, and who would really bring the town up um, and make it a nice place for everybody to live. But they need to crack down on crime, they need to crack down on antisocial behaviour and they need to start listening to people and stop making everything so expensive for council services because it's ridiculous. Jennifer, thank you very much indeed. Well, there's one unhappy customer. She agrees that uh, Luton is, uh, is a rubbish town. Expensive, antisocial, not great for families. She lived next door to a brothel for five months. Could be handy, wasn't for her. 08459 455 555. Well, Father Yender has uh, called in. Father Yender, I'm assuming that you are, that, that that's the father title is a religious title. Yes, good morning. Good morning. You live in Luton. Yes, I've been the Anglican priest of Sundon for eight and a half years, and I've also been the parish priest of St. Saviour's, just up from the radio station for about three quarters of a year. Okay. Um, when I moved into Luton eight and a half years ago, um, 
the book for that year, I think 2004, came out, and Luton was rubbish town number one. Okay, yes, year. it was. So that's when you moved into Luton. The so very day I moved in. Yeah. And the bishop who put me in that evening said to myself and the congregation that the people who write these books don't understand the town, don't understand the people who live here, the communities, and, and all the good things that are here. Uh, and I think I found that to be the case in the eight years I've been here. Um, I grew up in Letchworth, which is not that far away. When I was a kid, my mum used to bring me to the Arndale on the bus. Um, I started as a curate in South Shields for four and a half years, and I moved to Sunderland for a short time, and that was town number one the year I moved there. Oh, hang on a second. So you moved to Luton, it becomes the the, the most rubbish town in the country. Mm-hmm. Then when you moved to Sunderland, that became the most rubbish town. Yes, the year before. Is if it... I ever move again, you know what's going to happen. Is it so... I, I suggest that we don't let you move anywhere. We put you in a box and, and have you on the top of a mountain. It's your fault, Father Yender. <laughs> I don't intend moving at the moment, anyway. Well, you heard that like, young lady, though. She moved to Luton because she thought it, was, it had the potential to be an up-and-coming, yeah. exciting town potentially a city and two years after being here she wants out yeah yeah it does have its problems of course it does um but i find personally what makes it uh, are the people the communities um um Sundon has a lovely sense of community um when i'm over at st saviour's um you know people talk to you in the streets people don't realize this when they write these books um the work that's done in schools um um, I went to a governor's conference last night and the the students that were there sort of showing people around and helping were incredibly courteous and helpful. Um, um, the amenities here, I mean, where else do you have all the amenities you have in Luton? Um, I mean, where else, for example, can you go into the middle of Luton or... There are no bookshops, are there? Hmm? There are no bookshops. No, are they not? I don't know. No, there aren't. That's the thing. Uh, Father Ender, we have to let, let end it there. Thank you very much. A, a, a strong defence, although I suspect, if he, he moved to Luton, it becomes the Britain's most rubbish town. He moves to Sunderland, and then that becomes the most rubbish town. I suspect Father Ender is, uh, is some sort of Jonah is bringing us all down. 08459 555 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Not doing too badly this morning on the roads. It is slow on the M25, though, anti-clockwise in particular. Through the roadwork section, there's a broken-down vehicle between Enfield and Potter's Bar that's being recovered now, and the congestion's back as far as the M11. It's taking nearly an hour to get through the queues there. Clockwise, it's looking slow coming into the roadworks as well. And anti-clockwise again, round at the M40, Junction 16, it's looking quite busy. A404, Marlow Hill into High Wycombe is looking slow. The A10 in Chesant, there's a bit of a queue southbound approaching the Winston Churchill Way, the A121. Trains and tubes haven't been doing too badly either. We do still have disruption, though, for Chilton services between Banbury and Birmingham Moor Street and Leamington Spa and Stratford-upon-Avon. They've got a broken-down train between Leamington Spa and Hatton. It's mainly affecting their northbound services off toward the Midlands, and they have buses running Leamington to Hatton with delays of 40 minutes and cancellations to be expected for the time being. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, thank you very much. Right, it's 8.46, it's Friday, the 12th of July, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. An Ipswich charity is warning there needs to be a more caring attitude towards High Town's prostitutes if they're ever to be taken off the streets of Luton. The Mayor of Bedford is demanding answers from the town's hospital amid fears the removal of junior doctors could be the beginning of the end for its paediatric unit. 
In sport, England have a lead of 15 runs with eight wickets remaining going into the third day of the first Ashes Test at Trent Bridge. Coming up, Musical Friday. Got some live music in the studio before nine o'clock. Even I don't know what it's going to be. It's exciting. I'm told they're very, very good. Before that, though, is the latest weather with Elizabeth Rossini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, good morning. There's still a little bit of clouds around towards eastern areas of Hertfordshire Way, some over Bedfordshire as well, but we will see the sunshine breakthroughs. We head through the morning and certainly into the afternoon. It's a much sunnier picture. Temp- temperatures today up to between 22 and 24 degrees Celsius. Might even see a 25 somewhere. The highest temperatures, I think, for parts of western Buckinghamshire. Now, it's certainly looking quite warm and muggy tonight. Temperatures not dropping much below 14 or 15 degrees in some of the towns. Um, to start the day tomorrow, lots of sunshine around. That's the way it's going to stay for the rest of the day. There will be some cloud coming and going. Actually, the risk of one or two thunderstorms, they'll be sparked off by the heat because tomorrow looks like it's going to be the hottest day of the year so far. We'll be up to 30 degrees Celsius, I'm sure, somewhere across the three counties. Might even get up to 31, you never know. Um, it certainly is going to be very warm indeed tomorrow. High humidity levels, very high pollen levels and also high UV levels too. Watch out for the chance of one or two thunderstorms over the course of the weekend. Sunday, a little bit of respite. It's going to feel a bit cooler, but there'll still be lots of sunshine around, and then the temperatures will climb again into next week. That's the forecast. Thank you very much. Mike Naylor on BBC Three Counties Radio. This weekend, we're taking the programme to the Bedfordshire County Show. We'll be live from Old Warden, bringing you all the sights and sounds, including animal shows, crafts and food, the very best in local acts, and talking to the people who make the show happen every year. Mike Naylor. You might even get to hear me trying out different sports and activities. So join us live from the Bedfordshire County Show, Saturday from 2 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, Friday, we like to have a little bit of music on a Friday, just kind of a nice way to end the week. I'm joined now by uh, these effectors. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Now, who have we got? I don't know your names or anything. My name's Dan. I play the drums. Hello, Dan. Uh, My name's Rich. I play the guitar. Hello, Rich. And I'm Cara, and I sing. Oh, okay. (laughs) Our bass player's not here today, Luke. Yeah, we've got... He's he's busy working. We've Uh, got a shout-out. I've gone off... No, don't give Luke. If he he can't be bothered to turn up, I've gone off, Luke. (laughs) Right, listen, should we get straight into a song? Let's do it. uh, What what are you going to play for us? Um, well, we're going to do a cover of Odetta's song, Hit or Miss. Which is a well-known um, advert for the minute. So, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic, away you go. Thank you. 
We'll have some of that. You can sing. Ah, You've got a crack. One thing that's disappointed me. Look at your fingernails, young man. Look at this. The guitarist's <laughs> fingernails. That is disgusting. I work on a building site. Hey, come on. I work on a building site. Even, it's even, destroyed. even builders can have nice nails. They you, can't. Not on this day. You want to, you want to, you want to wear protective gloves. Yeah. You want to go home a little soak in a bowl of water. Get a little bit of cream on there. Moisturise. Moisturise. Get your cuticles. To, I don't know what a cuticle is, but you want to get. My your boss cu- doesn't care about me enough. <laughs> and he's listening. Well, <laughs> listen. What's he your bo- really. What's your boss's name? Uh, Julian. Julian. Uh, 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 remind me your name. Uh, Richard. Julian, Richard's, uh, uh, Richard's quitting. He's quit. He's quit. I'm not, I'm not going to... He's, he's an artist. I'm not going to let him work in these conditions. We'll find something better for you. Not not here. And when I say we, I mean we won't. But... Yeah. Now, so listen, t- come a little bit closer to the microphone and, and tell me about the defectors. Where, who are you and where where are you from and how did you all get together? Um, well, we're, we're a four-piece normally. Obviously, Luke's not with us. Yep. He's, uh, I've gone off this Luke guy. He's, he's gone, <laughs> I've gone off He's hard work and he's out making the bread and butter for us. Okay. But um, we, we hail from Stevenage... Um, We've been together, we're in our sixth year now. Um, yeah, we've sort of started gathering a bit of momentum at festivals, um, just on an EP. Oh, it's been handed to me here. Just very quickly, Stevenage. Stevenage doesn't make the list of rubbish towns we've been talking about this morning. Some yeah. people were surprised that it didn't. Mm-hmm. It could be worse, you know. We're not too far out of the countryside, you see, so you've yeah. got this sort of urban sprawl, but then you can get away from it all. For a little while. So, and who are your influences? Who do you like listening to? Ooh, well, one of my biggest influences is Zion Train. 
Yeah. Yeah. Alba Rosie. A little bit of Marley. Like yeah. we, have you got another song for us? Yep. Yeah. I'm going to go, let me go on Phil Spector. <laughs> By the way, did you see well, that Phil Spector? Did you see that Phil Spector thing with uh, Al Pacino playing Spector? No. Oh, it was Al Pacino as Phil Spector. It was brilliant. Really? He had the Where wig. Where can we find this? It was, it was on, the t- on the telly recently. Al Pacino with all the wigs. Uh, while you're playing your next one, I'm going to find you a picture of Al Pacino dressed up as Phil Spector. Look, getting another guitar out. I am going to ask the bongos to just move back ever so slightly. Just ever so slightly. <laughs> well, I say ever so slightly, I mean quite a bit. Cause yeah, pretty, go, go on. <laughs> Down the hall. If you go back in that corner a bit, because it'll sound... Oh, we've got a nice little... Right. Are you ready, boys and girls? Yes. Away you go. Little baby, don't 
Fantastic and perfect timing as well, because I've got to do this. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Absolutely amazing. The M25 anti-clockwise, you've still got a lane closed off. This is because of a broken down vehicle. They're recovering it now and it's through the roadworks section from Enfield through to Potter's Bar. Congestion back to the M11. It's taking you nearly an hour to get through the queue if you're stuck at the back. Clockwise M25 is slow through the roadworks as well. And if you're going around further anti-clockwise, it's busy past the M40. The A10 through Chesant looking slow from the Great Cambridge Road toward the A121. Marlow Hill into High Wycombe is looking pretty busy. The A414 short delays approaching the Park Street roundabout in all directions. Leston Road in Leighton Buzzard looking busy at the Hotcliffe Street roundabout. And still disruption for Chilton, Banbury to Birmingham Moor Street and Leamington Spa to Stratford-upon-Avon because of a broken down train. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. Defectors, very quickly, give us a plug for your website. Um, we're on. You can find us on Facebook. We're uh, Facebook, The Defectors, all one word. Excellent <laughs> stuff. Thank you very much. We'll put the details on our page. Don't forget to download the podcast today. I'll be back on Monday at 6. Until then, ta-ta. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. 